Okay, guys, so welcome to the Bonus Podcast. I'm the host, Donatos Urbanas, and I'm joined by Rites Vishnauskas, Augusta Shulauskas, and we'll try to do the Mission Impossible, to do the power ranking, EuroLeague power ranking for the 23-24 season. How do you feel about this whole task? Bad. <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty easy to decide on the, let's say, first place, the last two, and that's it. And everything all, in between was... All the others, I mean... I did my power ranking initially, but if I had to redo it again, it, it would be a different power <laughs> ranking, probably <laughs> a different power ranking. Yeah. And that's, that's the boss because this podcast might be the one that people will judge us based on our takes for yeah. the entire season. That's how these power rankings work, right? But nobody forced us to do the power rankings. Yeah. It, it was our decision. It's, yeah, it's, so it's a very if, bad if decision. You, if you honest. cannot take the heat, then don't, don't <laughs> play this game. Yeah. By the way, Eritis, for, for me, you look like the most rational person in this room. How would you describe the power ranking? Because this is also a very tricky part, part yeah. because most of the people, they think that it's kind of you know, predi a prediction podcast yeah. for yeah. the entire season. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm the most rational thinking person. If in, we would in, do in a power room, ranking, I'm, I believe uh, that you will be <laughs> the number one guy. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm the best guy to do a definition of an English word. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, power <laughs> ranking, in my opinion, especially in the context of EuroLeague, is where you, uh, before the season, you try to analyze the rosters, the homework that the teams did uh, during the summer. Uh, you focus on, on stuff like continuity, what they kept from last season, uh, whether they were successful or not. Uh, did they change the head coach and all these other things. And then you see uh, the newcomers and you try to judge whether uh they are euroleague veterans switching teams or new players coming let's say from the nba and then you gather all the info and you try to rank those teams by your personal opinion uh from strongest to let's say weakest but it's very different from predictions because predictions um don't necessarily mean that you believe that the best team is going to be number one uh, when you make predictions, you 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 try to look for the underdogs. You try to yeah. think uh, outside of the box. Let's say you try to be smart by saying that this team is overlooked. And power rankings is plain and simple. You you're judging the roster that you see in front of your screen, and you you you're thinking like, okay, to me this team seems a little bit stronger than this team. But during the season, a lot of stuff might happen, and 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 don't treat this as predictions. This is just raw. Mm -hmm power rankings would it be fair to say that uh let's say we will try to rank teams uh based on the fact how close they look at this moment to the title let's say let's say the number one team looks like have almost all yeah. what it takes to win the title and maybe the number eighth team lacks of something or some other teams let's say it, it's these positions means these positions to win the title, how far they are from winning the title. I, I wouldn't say that, honestly, because uh, in EuroLeague, you usually just focus on the regular season and try to predict, let's say, um, the four best teams that will get a home court advantage to predict the title winner or to say that this team has the best chance to, to win the title. I know the bookmakers do that, but in, at the end of the day, it's going to be a Final Four format. So uh, I'm not looking at it the way maybe some people are like Real Madrid 
they are the favorites to win the regular season, so they have to, they have the best mm. chance to win the title. To me, I think like at least six teams this year. Yeah, uh, it's, it's are not legit. It's, let's say it's not about win who will win, how close they are of winning, because there are a lot of unexpected things okay. that might happen. But let's say quality wise, I say quali have. quality wise. So yeah, basically your number one power rankings team yeah. is probably the closest to winning the regular yeah, yeah, season, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or at least being a final four lock. I'm not going as far as a title, but yeah, yeah. maybe True. maybe you had a different approach. True. What were your biggest challenges trying to make this ranking? Uh, not changing uh, the teams, the ranking too much because I kind of had my power ranking uh, made up one week ago already. And then I was just getting some more info, maybe watching a game or a quarter or a half of some game or, or a full game, whatever. And uh, then, you know, you think, okay, this might be an issue or this might be a help in the regular season. And then it's like, okay, this is just too much to to understand and then it was it was pretty pretty harsh actually pretty hard to to keep my initial ranking and and not change it too much i i as you said i think if you if we made another podcast tomorrow doing the same thing it would probably be a, a different ranking as well yeah so shall we start gentlemen and pro probably i think uh you know once I hear your arguments about some teams, I might be okay. This is this this makes more sense than my thinking, and I would probably change some some places. It also, I think, it also says that there are a lot of equal teams, teams Absolutely. of the same Absolutely. level, yeah. or let's say uh, entering the season coming from very different environment. Some teams mm. changed a lot of players. Some had really bad seasons last year, but it didn't mean that these teams were bad. So a lot of different factors are coming into this power ranking, which makes, you know, basically our mission impossible. But impossible. But we will try to please our audience. We will try to spark the argument yeah. uh, between the people trying to rank those teams entering the season. We will try to not to expand too much with the lower ranked teams. Uh, but let's start from the 18th seed. Which do, team do you see being, the mo let's say, far away from, from winning the EuroLeague? Well, it's funny that they are number one uh, in the standings uh, based on alphab <laughs> alphabetical <Yeah>. order. <laughs> but yeah, Alba Berlin, to me, I think they lost uh, some key players. Uh, Jalene Smith, Maodolo, and Luke Sigma, of course. And these are not players that you can easily replace. Um, and they were already last last year. Yeah. So, so and, and some of their signings, let's say, are unproven players. I don't have a strong opinion about them. Uh, I do know who Matt Thomas is and what are his abilities. And I'm expecting a, a good season from him in that, that shooter's role. It's probably going to be a team ran by Sterling Brown, a former NBA player. Uh, but... It, you know, you're just looking at the, at, at the roster and you're thinking uh, about some of these younger players. Are they going to be enough uh, for them to be competitive in EuroLeague? So I like Alba Berlin, actually. I like watching their games uh, because the, the way they play is, is fun to watch. Uh, but I just don't really see them going far this, this year. They lost six players, uh, according to my calculations. And, you know, these new players also that are coming will have to adjust to their let's say, unique playing style on offense. And um, those off-ball actions are going to be super efficient for Matt Thomas. I think he had a great preseason, some great first official games. So he could be even an option for, you know, if this was an NBA 
and and there was a trade de deadline in the Euroleague, he would be an option, you know, for a, uh, a weaker team. Maybe some contender would like to have him as the season goes on. Uh, Sterling Brown, you mentioned, super interesting addition, but um, Luis Olinde, also a player to what to to follow Should for, have a, breakthrough for a break, season. let's say, full breakout year. Yeah, because he was kind of breaking out last year already, but I expect him to have a bigger role this this year since Luke Sigma is is uh have, have, has gone to olympia cost so super interesting players to follow but yeah overall they just simply don't have let's say enough it's it's interesting you mentioned that they uh six players left alba right mm -hmm. or Tamir Black, we also uh also was kind yeah, of yeah because even, even more players could have easily left the club there were a lot of rumors about luis olinda getting interest from the top shelf teams uh, Chris Komaja was also expecting to, to leave the club and they managed to keep them. I love that they kept Johannes Timon. I think that they will form this nice core of the Salba team and their, let's say, chances of trying to prove everybody wrong will depend on these new guys and especially of the development of players like Komaja, who had a promising start last year, but later kind of hit some ceiling and then, of course, players like uh, Olinde. But in this competitive year, like, it will be a really hard task. What do we have the seventeenth seed? Alphabetical order once again. I mean, it's it's uh, the reverse part. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, if you if you take uh, Asphalt as the name and 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 you put it in the alphabetical order, that would be the case. But they are called Lyon Villaban or something like that. So to me, they're seventeenth. Although I'm expecting them to be more competitive this year than last season, because last season they were heavily affected by Geoffrey Lovens' uh, ACL injury. Now he is back. I actually watched the game yesterday. Asvel Monaco, two Euroleague teams um, playing in the French league. So Lovern is looking good. He's looking sharp offensively, of course. Uh, Paris Lee seems to be uh, fitting in uh, really well. Uh, of course, Nando De Colo. It's an important season for a veteran like 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 him because uh, in 2024 you have Paris Olympics, so you want to have a good season. He will definitely be focused and motivated. Uh, so I'm ranking them at at 17, but also I think they have experience and quality, and they they could snatch some wins, let's say, mm. uh, and they could mess things up for for let's say uh, playoff contenders, especially when you play in that Astrobal Arena in in in, uh, in Lyon. Is it, is it in Lyon or Villarban? Villarban. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Uh, but in general, this, this EuroLeague is so strong. I, I don't see them higher than 17. Like, you would agree that they could potentially end the season even not, not in the 17th place. Like, For sure. 13, 14, 15 maybe. Like, they have more yep. potential in my eyes than last year. Yeah. They made some interesting signings. You know, Frank Jackson, I'm really uh, excited to see him play in Europe. Uh, how well he, he does here. But the main probably question mark for me is that they have uh, a tendency to rely on veterans that can be some in injury prones and that could, you know, make lower their chances to, to move higher in, this, in the standing. So uh, that and their defense are probably two of the biggest question marks for as well. That's why I think we all agree they rank 17th. Our power All three rankings. of us have the same. Yeah, I have as well. As well. So so far, uh, also, we are, as well. But but also, I I'm curious to see, let's say, uh, an NBA NBA veteran like Mike Scott, Mike Scott. What, what he mm -hmm. what he what he can do because he's a stretch four. 
a physical guy, a veteran, of course. Uh, Lvovu Cabarro, uh, he had some good moments in Milan, uh, but it was a difficult season for many players mm. uh, in, in Milan. Basically because, you know, he joined the team during the season and yeah. at the same time he was asked to do things that he was not he kind was of used almost, to. Almost playing point guard. But I really believe that Ball this handler. is a guy who would upgrade a really solid team, uh, a serious t EuroLeague team. So I was surprised by this signing. It really improved uh, Villarbon's team. I mean, they were last last season yeah. already, but I think that they really improved. Frank Jackson, he has a lot of potential. I remember that two years ago, uh, he was offered and he was close to signing with the, let's say, final four contenders. So he didn't get mm. worse in two years. Mm. He's still a relatively uh, young player and Although I think that he was struggling in the preseason, even in the game against Monaco, he was a little bit off with mm. his shooting, but he has a lot of potential to offer next to the Colon, of course. There's Parish Lee, Louisville Cabarro. They really improved uh, their chances to be better this year yeah. when they were last They just year. need the veterans to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, 16th seed. That's the, where it gets interesting. Yeah, that's where we, we're going to have some debates probably. Uh, or, or and now we all say the same name. <laughs> <laughs> I picked Valencia. I picked Valencia. It's not not like uh, I don't don't see them uh, as a strong team. I do see them with with quality, and I love the, that they managed to extend Chris Jones. Uh, and the newcomers like Sammy Ogilvy, Brandon Davis. These are quality players, definitely. Brandon Davis, like. Before last season, you could say he was in, in the top five centers of, of, the, of the league. Yeah. So it's strange to see him now uh, signing with Valencia. Do you think, guys, he will be once again the Brandon Davis, you know, we were used to seeing a couple of seasons ago? I don't ago. see any reason why not. It's not like he, mm. he he's old. Uh, he's what, like 32? Mm, I will check, but... So I think he, he still has it in him. Uh, maybe well. Yeah, he's as I said last season. Milan had so many issues, so a lot of players played below their level, and and I'm expecting Brandon Davis to 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 be super solid for Valencia, and they needed to sign a quality center because they lost so much. Uh, they lost Jaciel uh, Rivero, for example. They lost the whole uh, uh, front court, basically, basically. except from Jaime Pradilla. They lost yeah. everybody, so uh, I'm just. Putting them at 16 because it's so hard to decide between these teams. They, they look so similar. Mm. And it, it wouldn't shock me if Valencia, let's say, has a good winning streak or, or, or they compete for a playing spot. But yeah, I mean, last season I had some question marks, although about uh, their defense, especially. For Mumbru, it was a tough year to manage the team in ACB and in EuroLeague to stay competitive in both uh, both leagues because in ACB, I think they finished only seventh in the regular season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how he handles it this season. It won't get easier it, this it, year. It won't they be easier. a tough schedule. We, yeah. In the last podcast, we discussed with Augustas that we wouldn't be surprised if they will start the season one and nine. So it's it's really not easy to navigate this yeah. ACB and EuroLeague thing. And you don't have that benefit of the doubt anymore of being the new coach. It's your second year, so people are expecting results. So there's going to be some pressure mm. once you start losing games. I think I think Valencia have a, a really solid, you know, pieces at one, three and five positions. Even though I'm I'm not that high on Brandon Davis returning to his previous previous levels, like the levels where he was 
There is basically a top three center in the Euroleague. But obviously with a bigger role, he should be better and he should regain some of his top form. I love Semi Ojale and I think he's going to be one of those top, top forwards uh, in the league. Chris Jones as well, you know, Jared Harper, second year in Valencia should be even better. But I have, you know, question marks about their other positions, about their death at the four. And, uh, you know, for these teams that basically will have a newly constructed starting five, it is super important to start well, because if you start well, then things add on, you feel much mm. better about yourself. You start to, maybe you win a close game and your confidence, you know, get gets built up. And here they have a super tough schedule to start. And I think they have, they, it could have a huge impact for their whole season. Mm. Uh, I do have a, I do have Valencia at fifteen though. Okay, so what's your? I have Valencia fifteen as well. So what's your number sixteen? Uh, I, I'll just add a little bit about Valencia. It's it's funny that you mentioned Brandon Davis. If he's going to return to his let's say previous status in the Euroleague, one of the top big men that we seriously considered for any all Euroleague uh, team, and it's funny how in one year the perception of the player can change here in the Euroleague, and it's uh, it's also interesting because. We also do a player survey before the Euroleague season. It might be published uh, the following week. It will depend on the activity of the players. And some <laughs> players are not that active as they should be with this survey. But anyway... Wow, using our bonus podcast. Exactly. <laughs> a, lot of a lot of players will be listening this podcast. They're going to complain about our picks and takes. But then nobody, t uh, they, don't, they don't invest time in filling the survey. So <laughs> I, how dare you? Uh, anyway, <laughs> one of the players, one of the players mentioned Brandon Davis being as most overrated Euroleague player. So that's, that's a great motivation for Brandon, you know, to prove doctors wrong. I don't believe that he got that worse in this one year in Milan and in Valencia and uh, the environment where we will, he will get significant role, a lot of trust. Uh, they have less talent than in Milan, so they have more clear roles. And if they will stay healthy, uh, the, his connection with Chris Jones should benefit him. And I loved what Valencia did in the start of the free agency. And I believe that they were, I would say, Kevin Pangos signing away from becoming more elite and uh, to, to improve their stock and improve their, let's say, status in our power rankings, because there were serious talks that they might acquire Kevin Pangos, who was like in and out uh, in Milan. They ended up not signing him. And I think that they, they missed this one key player that would change the perception of the whole Valencia team, because I just have this tier of teams I have, let's say, four teams that I could mix places from 13th to 16th, and the gap between them is really, really narrow. But I also have Valencia as my 15th seed. Okay. For the 16th seed, I have Virtus Bologna. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know. I mean, they were 14th last season. They uh, lost a couple of important pieces, so they have less talent. But at the same time, I believe it might have a, a little bit different effect on them. I think that they had just too much talent. And uh, I, this is the discussion that we will probably have with some other teams. And this is the discussion I had with some Euroleague people that sometimes I think that having too much talent is a problem. And there's, it's 
whole different conversation when you have so much talent on Real Madrid. Because those players, like Mario Hezonia told in the Final Four when they won the EuroLeague, I signed with Madrid knowing that I will have to sacrifice a lot, but I was open to sacrifice a lot because I'm signing for Madrid. I will have the best shot at winning the EuroLeague. I will have conditions that many say that they're closest to the NBA level. And that's, you know, that's Real Madrid. If it's Virtus Bologna, if it's Red Star, players join these teams having a little bit different, you know, uh, goals, mindsets, and approach. And I think that in Virtus, there was this lack of clear roles, lack of assignments. A lot of players are playing, they're getting, Scariola used a huge uh, rotation, uh, and players sometimes they get confused. Sometimes one player plays one night, sometimes he's he's off. They cannot get confidence in, in themselves. They can't understand their roles. And this whole thing of having a lot of talent, talented players doesn't translate in winning because players join these teams having different goals. So I think that Virtus had too many players who want to play too many minutes. And now they have a little bit more clear uh, roles with Jaylene Smith as a main point guard. Okay, if a Lundberg situation is again different because he was uh, in and out uh, during the off seasons, Cariolo didn't see him in the rotation. Now Luca Banchi suddenly replaced Cariolo and he sees um, in his vision for the season. They have Toko Shengelia as probably the, the main guy in the front line, the um, playmaking frontline player, Jordan Miki, Dobric, Cordenier is set to have a breakout year in my eyes as well. Bellinelli uh, taking this different role as a veteran, maybe, you know, taking a backseat in this whole situation. And some other pieces for me, they look more like a help, like helpers, not players like Nico Mannion. I'm not saying anything against Nico Mannion, but he had also goals coming from the NBA, especially after this Italy experience in the Tokyo Olympics, you know, to play a significant role, to get significant minutes, but you end up in a very loaded backcourt rotation with Teodosic, with uh, Lundberg, with Hackett, and a lot of these players. This year, I think that Virtus has a, a little bit more clear picture, and it might actually benefit them. But, you know, when I look at the entire EuroLeague picture, they're just a little bit worse than, than some other teams in this mm. shelf. I just I just got to say that I, I'm not sure whether they had too much talent last year. Maybe they had too many uh, names on the roster, but talent-wise... Teodosic was their only creator. They, they just couldn't create. They, they, their problem was offense, is plain and simple. They were playing just outdated basketball. And it, it was not because of bad coaching. It was just because the way the roster was built. And and this year, maybe they addressed some issues. They might be better. But I, I, I'm not really a big fan of what the club did with Scariolo and uh, this whole situation. And, and I'm not sure if it, it, this decision to change coaches basically uh, not even in the preseason stages almost the start of the season like it was, was the earliest coaching change one in the week history, away before the italian super cup or something like that so luca banchi yes he he created this miracle with latvia and the world cup but uh, we know that coaching in the fiba competitions and and coaching uh, this throughout the whole euroleague season these are two completely different things and it will be a tough task for him i rank them a bit higher than you guys but uh at the same time i'm not sure maybe jaylene smith will will have an amazing season because mm -hmm. they have to sort out 
the way they play offense. Because last season, the only time Virtus was exciting to watch is when Teodosic was on the court. But you know that defensively mm. with Teodosic on the court, you will also have problems. So uh, it was tough for them to win games and injuries also didn't help. My my short take is that, you know, um, you mentioned the amount of players in the in the backcourt, but they have Jolien Smith, Hackett, Payola, Belnelli, Dobrich, Lundberg, Mascolo, Cordenier, Avudo Abbas. They have, what, nine guys in three positions and six players and let's say six or seven players in the first two positions. Uh, maybe the roles will be more clear uh, this th this season with Luka Banki taking over as the head coach, but I'm not sure if uh, Banki's approach, you know, play easy, play aggressive, play, uh, have fun, you know, play a little bit less free basketball with less rules than Scariolo had will actually benefit them, you know, because usually this playing style means you have to have more talent than the other team. And, uh, you know, I think on many nights, they will not be the team that has more talent offensively. Plus, they have Schengelia, who should be a centerpiece on their offense. And uh, combining him with uh, Kaycock or Brian Dunstan, it's not like those two guys are shooters. So you have, again, two non-shooters on the court at the same time. Plus, you know, some, some, some guys from the backcourt are not that great of a shooter. So their offense might face the same problem th that they had last year. You know, players just packing the paint uh, most of the time from the non-shooter. So um, I'm not super high on Virtus, but it will be super interesting to see how Luka Banki will do, you know, in the EuroLeague and um, compare it to what he did in the World Cup. Yeah. So where did you have Ritis? Yeah. 14. 14. Okay. Pretty close. Okay. Uh, so we go with the 15th seed. Yeah. I just mentioned that I had Valencia as a 15th seed. Yeah, me too. You too? And I have Basconia. Ah, okay. Um, I would love to rank them higher. It's just that all the teams uh, <laughs> are so strong. Because it's one of your favorite teams to watch. It is. It has to be. Yeah, for sure. Last season, they, they, they had so many highlights. They had uh great games when they were still competing for the playoffs i remember the Fenerbahce game where manja marinkovic scored like 30 or something i mean and they have the same coach so they will probably have the same same style um they will be a running and gunning team once again Ch chima moneke i think will be a, a huge part of it uh, a very important addition uh, but when you lose the brains of the team like you lose the core of the team that is Darius Thompson. He was running the show. And it's it's it's, it's hard to replace a player like that. Uh, I know that Basconia will always find those gems. Like even Darius Thompson before last year, we didn't see him as a EuroLeague superstar or old EuroLeague player material, but now he is. So maybe they 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 will surprise us once again. Uh, but from their um, additions, the new signings, I don't really see any game changer. Like uh, Nico Mannion, is he going to resurrect his career? Maybe, who knows? Um, Cody Miller McIntyre, that's an interesting name. We'll see what he's capable of in EuroLeague. And of course, it's going to be Marcus Howard's show. But last year, it started so well for Marcus Howard. Then other teams started scouting him a little bit more, preparing for the games, pre preparing a game plan, exposing him defensively. And you could see that he's not super consistent. And 
he might score 20 points, but he will finish with PIR of six. Uh, but you know, having this rookie experience, maybe he will be more so, consistent. Yeah, that, that's what I expect from the sophomore player. So that, that, that's, that's true. That should be an improvement. That's, that is true. But maybe at the same time, he will have more pressure, more responsibility because there's no Darius Thompson anymore. Uh, and he, even last season, they had Pierre Henry before this whole incident happened. So, I mean, I I will continue to watch their games, especially when they're playing at home, because they're a fun team to watch. Uh, but uh, in the power rankings, I have them 15. It's really hard to 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 rank them somewhere higher. I had Bosconia 14th, just uh, a, a bit higher than Virtus and Valencia. And for, for the same reasons you mentioned, they basically tried to replace players with some new guys. Uh, we are not sure how they're going to do. I'm not sure if Nico Mannion can, you know, re regain the same t form he had, let's say he showed where in the, for, for Italy, basically. Um, Chima Moneke should be the player to watch. I think in my eyes, he could be even in the, Maybe top rebounding. I think he's averaging a double double now after yeah. first three yeah, he's uh, league games. Hot start, and like even even yesterday he had four assists with some rebounds, some points as well. He's averaging like ten points, ten rebounds per game. Mm. So, um, but you know, it's just they they don't have enough for me to rank them in a higher tier. It, it be, and it doesn't mean that they cannot, you know, get higher than the of position we rank. They have all the tools. I mean, because they tend to surprise us, as you mentioned, we didn't seriously consider Darius Thompson as something, you know, last year. Marcus Howard, yeah, he was the NBA name with this, you know, history of being a scorer, but still we weren't we weren't sure what to expect uh, from him, how consistent he, he could be. There were some other names and basically it's the same story every year. But the thing is that they have uh, Alberto Salazar, the great GM who finds those gems, who finds those uh, new names. Mm -hmm. You cannot say that Moneke is the new name, but at the same time, yeah, he has this EuroLeague experience, but he barely played in the EuroLeague. But they know him in the ACB League, in the Spanish League, because uh, yeah. before leaving f uh, to Sacramento, True. he was really He solid. made his name uh, yeah. over there in Spain. So they just have these few players who are, might be having breakout here uh, in EuroLeague and who might increase uh, the stock of and, Basconia. And, and we as Lithuanians should be proud because uh, Basconia has a new team captain and it's Tadas Adekerskis. So it's really nice to see uh, Lithuanian being a captain of the team and not, not in... Yeah, Not in Chalgiris, but mm. in other EuroLeague team. And Setekerskis has been in their system for... Since he was 15, I think. I think Six, or for, 16. for almost 10 years. Yeah. With, of course, he played some seasons on loan. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see that. Now he's he's the captain. I think Howard could be running for the top scorer this season. Uh, I think he will improve with the second season. I think he knows he had to have uh, more strength coming into the season because, you know, with his quickness, with his shooting ability, play, teams are playing tough with him and, and making it uh, extremely hard for him to, to score, to, to feel free that he wants in, yep. in their offense. So if he has emphasized that in the summer workouts, I think he should be running for the maybe even top scorer. 
we could be talking, you mentioned uh, sellers are scouting abilities. We could be talking about uh, the Greek guy, Nikos yeah. Rovgokopoulos uh, and and him, his three pointers at the end of the year, who knows? He already had some nice stretches in the World Cup or just in the entire summer mm. with the Greek national team. So they have three point shooting ability. Uh, they, I, I think they addressed some defensive issues, adding Chima Moneke there. Uh, they are an interesting team to follow, but it's so hard to rank them higher. Uh, mm. Looking at the other uh, other teams' rosters, I heard that they're looking for a point guard. So the solid point guard again could also change our thinking of, of okay. Basconia and this uh, ranking. But we have to judge That's them based on the how they enter the season, and maybe they're game-changing uh, point guard mm. away from being I always associate these Vittoria teams with great, great point guards. Mm. Like Pablo Prigioni, uh, Zoran Planinic. They, they would always have a very smart, very intelligent point guard running the show. And last year they had Darius Thompson. So it makes sense that they are still looking to add some quality in that position. So you ha have Basconia where? I actually ranked them 13th. Okay. Oh, okay. Just because of the potential they have, and Salazar always discovering, and Panaroya, you know, providing a system, a basketball uh, to, to relish this talent that these players have. And I still have, have a lot of love to I Costello have, as well. So. I have them at 15. Yeah, Costello for sure. I, I love mm. him. But I have them uh, ranked at 15. So 15th, 14th, 13th for Basconia. Yeah. So who do you have as 14th for your team? Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I love the way they build this team. I love the potential. I love promising players that they have, but you know, it's not clear if they are going to translate into something big or into a winning team. I love Pablo Lasso, of course. I love the, I mean, because when you look, we tend to judge the top teams based on their backward stars nowadays. You know, it's backcourt stars that make difference in the EuroLeague basketball. And they have a lot of interesting names, but they are still unproven names. You know, we love, we all almost all agree that Carson Edwards is a number one contender for a... A lot of people will jump on his bandwagon this season. Yeah, and it's easy easy pick for a breakout season uh, candidate. Then there's this Landro Bolmaro project. Uh, Pablo Lasso has big goals for him. Uh, he's really important in his vision. And so far, him, Edwards, and also Sylvain Francisco, another EuroLeague newcomer that I would love to watch. They're really, really promising, but at the same time, they're still improving and EuroLeague might face some challenges to them. I mean, I don't have any wrong to say about this Bayern team uh, honestly speaking but I don't know I, I mean I have them a bit higher I have them a bit higher at, at 13 uh, me too. okay so it's me kind too of, at 13 as I, I said from th 13th to 16th I just could yeah. easily switch teams with no regrets I'm a bit skeptical skeptical about Serge Ibaka signing I don't know what role they have for him he probably has a relationship with Pablo Lasso because uh, because they were together for a while during the NBA lockout when for he like joined six Red, Red Madrid. Games. maybe they created some sort of relationship I'm not sure yeah. about that maybe Pablo Lasso approved the signing and, and said I want his veteran leadership with his experience but uh, what can he offer on the court? I mean, he's definitely going to play at center uh, as a five. In the last few years, he was a roster filler for some NBA teams. He declined rapidly. Uh, he had injuries. He had this this period where, where he had to recover playing in the G League, which 
big name players usually don't do in the NBA. So I don't know how much he still has in him. Uh, you also have another EuroLeague veteran, Devin Booker, who is back at Bayern Munich. Uh, so yeah, you do have some experience, but if you put high hopes on Serge Ibaka, I think you, it's not going to work I out think that, that, that well. They have high hopes on players like Freddie Gillespie. He had a promising start yeah. in the EuroLeague. He was still very raw, but he's a quick learner. And uh, I mean, he has a lot of potential. And it, the fact that I heard that Partizan was really close to signing him and to replace Matias Lazort with Freddy Gillespie shows a lot, uh, a lot of trust in his potential in, in, in the entire mm. EuroLeague, not just Bayern. So, I mean, in case things will Ibaka go wrong, yeah. they have this Gillespie project, which they're not, you know, which they feel good about. So, yeah. And also one more thing, I think Pablo Lasso uh, has to take his book off the good old JC Carroll, Carroll sets. I knew where you were going with this. <laughs> and I he he has to implement those sets uh, in this team for, for Andy Obst. I think he will have a bigger role, let's say, similar to what he had in a, uh, in on German national team. Yeah. Like more importance. He will not, not face teams like USA that will foul him three hmm, times of uh, course. On, on the three-point line. But I, I also agree that uh, Numbers-wise, it should be his best season so far mm. in the EuroLeague. I love, uh, actually, you know, I'm really intrigued to seeing Carson Edwards in a bigger role. Uh, I think he's going to score a lot of points. I'm not sure how effective he'll, will, he will be doing this. Uh, you know, if he's super effective, then maybe Bayern even gets to the playoffs. If he's... Uh, or the plane, at least. Or the plane, at least. If he's... You know, average on on this. Let's say he keeps to to his standards or what what he showed little, uh, before. Then maybe they are twelve, thirteen. It, it 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 really depends a lot on a lot on on him this season. I love Sylvan Francisco signing, uh, but he's also a rookie in the Euroleague. But what I enjoy in Bayern's construction of their backcourt is how they uh, pair Bolmaro. A tall guard yeah. with uh, you know Francisco or Carson Edwards and as well Valer Bab, so mm. you can mix these guys in any mm. way you want. You have a shorter guard that is quick that can score, with a bigger guard that can defend. So you have a nice option of offense defense in the backcourt. I like I like these two pairings. So you can mix mix uh, mix up mix it up a lot. And Andy Obst, you know, I'm really interested to see if Lucic bounces back after a somewhat disappointing season last, last year. Last two years he had injuries, yeah. uh, nagging issues that mm. didn't allow him to perform uh, at, the, at a good level because before uh, before that, let's say 18-19 season or 19-20 season, he was all all EuroLeague second team or third team material. So Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, if, if he's back at least, 80 or 90% closer to his mm. his real abilities, then it's also a big thing. But I think we all agree that the most important signing for Bayern Munich is Pablo Lasso. Not, not absolutely. I not, think not not the players, but actually a new coach, a new culture, and it should be a long-term project in my opinion. I believe. And Munich is always a long-term project, yeah. so it should be nice. By the way, do you, just okay. just to add about Carson Edwards and his, you know, hype and this whole bad wagon. In the GM survey that we will publish this week, at least two GMs see him in the all Euroleague team this year. All that's, Euroleague that team? That speaks a lot about the wow. uh, 
confidence in his potential breakout here. But to be I, on I all your team, Byron probably has to make the top make eight, playoffs. and Edwards at has least, to be one of the best players. At least the plane. Yeah. So the bar at is the really very high. least you wow. have to be yeah. in the top ten. All your league team, you have. Byron has to get have to get to the playoffs. He has to average like 14, 15, and he has to do it forty five percent field goal shooting but, at least. Hey, if all these pieces will fit, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the playoffs, right? I, I, and if they make the playoffs. Edwards, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, performing, that, so that, it makes true. a lot of sense. Uh, if, if let's say, Serge Bach also proves me wrong and, and proves that he's capable of playing 20 and solid minutes in the EuroLeague. And actually, in Munich, they're, they're pleased with his approach, very professional approach. Uh, first medicals didn't show any you know potential injury problems that he might have. Mm. He is in a great shape. He was having the October great, He, I mean... Oktoberfest and beer never damaged anything, so it only helps. It I mean, only helps. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> beneficial to have some. No, it was just nice to see breaks. see. Uh, but I mean, a big NBA uh, player and in, he, in, in Oktoberfest wearing that <laughs> bucket hat, and he's <laughs> and here enjoying some Paulana. Not just to retire in Europe, playing for his good old coach Pablo Lasso. He is here to you know improve his stock to show that he can still play, he can still ball, and he can be. Uh, very important player for the elite Euroleague team. So he has body ready for the Euroleague season. He has this correct motivation because he could have gone for bigger offers in the Euroleague, but he chose Bayern Munich. They're not offering you the highest paycheck, you know? So I like the motivation. I like the things uh, behind behind this move. So, okay. and just in general, I mean, it will be very interesting team uh, to watch this again with a lot of potential. This was my question, but you already answered this. I was about to ask you guys, if, do you believe that if everything goes according to Byron's plan, this is, a, is is this a playoff team? Is this maybe, you know, the surprise of the season that they're seventh, sixth or eighth, whatever? And you already answered that. So we all agree that potentially we rank Byron, what, 13, 14? Yeah. yeah, all of us, but it can, they are one of the potential surprises of the season. Especially with this playing. I mean, mm. they're in a nice position. Mm. Like they have some arguments to make the plan. Ritis, you had Virtus at 14th. Yeah, Bayern okay. 13. I'm keeping track of all the. Uh, so power can rankings. can you go through 13th, 15th seeds that we have? 13th seeds for me is Bayern. For uh, you, Basconia. No, you can go with your list. So oh. Bayern. What do you have from 13th to 18th? Bayern, Basconia, Valencia, Virtus, Asvel, Alba, and others. You, Donatus had 13th Basconia, then Bayern, Valencia, Virtus, as well Alba, and Ritis have, has uh, Bayern, Virtus, Basconia, Valencia, as well Alba. So all this, the same six teams for uh, everyone. Yeah, so just different, different variations. Yeah. Uh, 12th seed. Now the fun starts. Uh, Do you think so? I think so, because I have Barcelona. I ha Ooh. Barcelona solo? Wow. Ooh. That's a statement. Wow, I, that's I, a statement. You know, uh, when doing this power ranking, I just think they had there has to be some disappointments that we will mm. see. And but this is a prediction-based analysis, no? If you're yeah, this is, trying this is to my, project disappointments, this is my prediction. Uh, but this is you a power know. ranking. It is a power that's ranking. That's where we get back just, to the whole, you know, difficulty but, in making you know, this power ranking. If I see that they don't have enough power. And you know you you try to value everything. You try to value the new additions, what they what they signed, the new coach, the all the different environment that's going on around around Barcelona. 
you simply, to me, you have too many question marks. You replace Nikola Mirotic, one of the best players in the EuroLeague, with Jabari Parker, who has two ACL injuries on the same leg. You don't know how he will fit in in the EuroLeague. We saw a lot of NBA, good NBA players have problem, you know, adjusting to the league. Uh, you have Roger Grimau, who is a complete opposite to what Sharuna Sjesikavicius was for Barcelona. And all of a sudden you have a completely newly team, new leaders who will have to step up and you have a completely different coach. So the team, all the team has to switch from one mentality to the other. And players say that they like this freedom. They like, uh, you know, a lot of pick and rolls, early shots. This is also something new for them. And it could go well for them because they all of a sudden they don't have to be, you know, you know, think about what to do on the, the court. The frame, they yeah. just they just do it in confidence. But I think I think that Barcelona, in my eyes, could be uh, disappointing from this from the standpoint of how their uh, what their budget is mm. and their standings, their place in the standings. I think it could be really hard for this team to uh, get wins against good teams. I and I completely see your point. Uh, I still have them way higher. Well, not yeah, not necessarily way higher. higher, but definitely higher. Uh, is it's just that uh, okay? I saw that the two El Clasicos they played already in the Supercopa and and yesterday in Liga Endesa. So they have to sort out a lot of things. Uh, first of all, about their defense. I mean, their defense I, is the I number mean, you, one you concern. You can be a coach that gives more freedom, but you still have to implement some rules. And and defensively, when they played Madrid yesterday, it didn't really seem that the players uh, know exactly what their task is on defense. Their pick and roll coverage was really poor. Uh, Real Madrid actually just couldn't punish them because they missed a lot of open looks, especially in the first half. That's why you only had a four-point game. And in the end, you have a seven-point game. But it's just the score. If you watch the game, you could say that Real Madrid had a comfortable game and a relatively easy win. Although the score maybe doesn't show that. And they played without Walter Tavares. And they played without Eddie Tavares, yeah. And But even Vincent Poirier pick and roll was causing nightmares uh, to Barcelona. Offensively, they have talent. No one's questioning that. You have La Provitola, you have Satoransky, you have Jokubaitis, you have the three same point guards. Um, yeah, the replacements, Jabari Parker replacing Nikola Mirovic is, is, is a nonsense. Uh, he has I think it's, it's it, it, maybe I'm not defending Barca's off-season moves, but I think it's not fair to say that they replaced Mirotic with Jabari Parker or Jel Parra. Para, I think that they replaced Mirotic with the whole different approach on the roster they have. They added Willy yeah. Gomez. That's that was their okay. So I, I can I can use different words. Signing Jabari Parker is a complete nonsense. Yeah. I don't see what he can bring to Euroleague. I'm sorry. I and I can see when I watch him on the court. I, I saw the game versus Palencia, for example, in the league. That he has a great basketball IQ, and he's a great basketball player it's just his legs don't have it anymore and i i don't know what they will do with him defensively uh okay if he makes his spot up shots he might average eight or, or ten points per game but that's that's not what you what you need at the highest level basically joel parra yeah he's a warrior he's a fighter um dario brisella is a poor man's juan carlos navarro uh, so they, they went for some local players. They probably wanted to have both Ernan Gomez brothers. At least they have one. And Vili will definitely have a strong season. 
you can see how many pick and rolls they play offensively and how many opportunities he 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 gets uh, from his point guards so especially la provitola um so i think they're still a playoff team mm. i ranked them at number nine in in the power okay. rankings i think eventually they will get better because it's it, it, it's new they need time the coach needs time he's a, he's a new he, not only he's a new coach for barcelona he's a rookie coach at the senior level yeah in the euroleague and it's not like your first job is uh manresa or murcia your your first job is barcelona mm. so yeah we'll see how it goes to but ranking them at 12 to in my opinion is a bit mm. harsh it's still barcelona these are still top class players yeah, yeah. it's like in to in defense of jabari parker and replacing him uh replacing him to meritage is they are obviously going for a different approach especially offensively they are not going to be as heavy in the post as they were before this is going to be a completely pick and roll team that they're going to be and so they went instead of for a guy who can provide if he can provide but so far he's providing spot up shooting mm. and uh you know some offensive rebounding running cutting you know those those th this type of stuff uh as the season goes on maybe we'll see some isolation plays as we will you know we were used to seeing Jabari do in the NBA mm. I'm not sure about that but it's you know with their with this signing it's obvious that they went from a post-up team they changed their oh, offensive yeah. philosophy yeah, that's that's so true. that is true it's not like changing Parker with Meritage but at the same time he's going to play the same position so you, mm. you mentioned the problems on defense those were uh, quite obvious uh on the offense sometimes uh he takes those shots that you know for some European players it's like you don't see many Europeans taking shots with 17 seconds remaining if it's a fadeaway shot because he just he will just have to adjust to these to these things and uh I think La Provitola is going to be the number one star on this team because mm. he fits the free offensive approach perfectly in my eyes and the freedom will just help him but I don't know I don't know I think if, if I was Barcelona I'm sorry uh if I'm building the team like like you said it's gonna be a pick and roll based team with a center like William and Gomez and with all the guards we've mentioned um I would look for pure stretch four type of players like Brady Manek or, or Alec Peters and something like that instead of gambling with Jabari Parker mm. like Jabari Parker last year from what we've heard was offered to many European teams and we're not talking about yeah. elite teams we're, talking about we're not talking about Olympiacos or El Madrid not EuroLeague teams we're talking about you average EuroCup teams and they decline so of course it was related to his uh shape and injuries that he had in the mid-season there was a lot yeah. of bad feedback and some teams they needed some you know quick change uh quick uh, upgrade not to waste time on waiting when Jabari Parker will get in shape but I mean I hear your uh argument although it's interesting that in the survey that we have for the players Jabari Parker so far has been ranked as the third newcomer coming from the NBA which is said to have the best uh Euroleague experience this season the first one so far has been Ville Hernan Gomez makes a lot that's, of sense that's fair 
There's a lot of belief in Kemba Walker because oh. because he's second, and then there's Jabari Parker. Uh, regarding your concerns uh, about Barcelona and their strength this season, less than twenty percent of the GMs so far involved them in the final four prediction. Okay, I don't involve them in my final four prediction. I, I don't. Neither. I don't Me actually neither. have a final four prediction right now, but I think they are still a playoff team. And uh, you mentioned this these defensive problems that they face at the start yeah. of the season who did they miss from last year that they were you know game changers in defense yes the cabbages that's I, a great answer i wanted to, I <laughs> wanted to season, say this this thing you know barca was a top three team in defense yeah. and this offseason they lost okay uh mike toby sartat shanley nicola miritic Kyle Kuric. So it's not like Shanley and Mirotic were uh, making them good Corey Higgins. That's it. So, yeah, yeah. I, and that, we agree on that. They're, they're just going for a different approach. Uh, and that's why I have them 12. Because, like, even last year, they did not, they were not the team that had the most talent. But they were able to win games with their scouting, with their preparation. They knew perfectly well what the other teams were playing. They had the great game plans. You know, we know Sharas is able is capable of putting. Uh, and now you change the best players with you know some some gambles, and uh, you don't you don't let's say let's say like this you don't add talent, and I think you lose in the coaching department. So this is why I think. And you—that's why you lose defensively as well. So mm. this is mm -hmm. this is why, in my eyes, they are twelve. It's 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 a little bit harsh. But also, let's let's be real that if if there's still Nikola Mirotic on this roster, you're not ranking them no twelve. Absolutely not. No. Even with Absolutely even no. with Grimau at the wheel and no. and all the other stuff. Fifth, exactly. Probably. Yeah, I have them tenth. Okay. Uh, okay. Who do you have twelve? It's still a team with Vessel and Vili. Uh, but that's uh, the thing centers. that uh, in my top 10 that's okay my top 11th was the most difficult you know that that was this top 11 we're now just guys. inventing new yeah new terms guys, this year yeah. is just too strong you, i i said barcelona 12 who do you have as number 12. i, I just want to about finish it. about barca that i oh, put okay. them 10th okay. for many reasons that you've mentioned i'm not a fan of hernan gomez and vesely fit leaving this gap in the stretch four position. I understand that as uh, somebody said uh, in my conversations that power stretch four market was one of the probably toughest markets this uh, summer. I get it, but I just don't like having these two centers that will want to play a lot of minutes uh, on one roster. I think that the lack of elite score on their backcourt, I like La Provitola, but I just think that they miss something more. And yeah, coaching department has, mm. uh, I have mm. questions about how it will translate. Are, there are coaches in this world that would play Wesley and Villano Gomez in the same lineup. Uh, I think there are some coaches. Of course, yeah. that's true. I mean, Charles played so many big guys. Uh, I mean, last season Jelko in, in Fenerbahce played yeah. Duverioglu and Vesely. But I, I'm just not sure if that's winning approach I'm, in today's yearly. I'm not saying that you can start a game like that. And and, and if uh, I would distribute the budget, I would just you know it, it's, invest it's still, money in different it's, positions. It's still like Joel Parra is your primary power forward, and and then Oscar da Silva is also there. Well, anyway, let's, let's go. Let's on. let's move. Number 12 for me is uh, Jalgiris Kaunas. I also have Jalgiris. Uh, well, first of all, 
why I, I wouldn't say I ranked them low because no, it's ra a fair ranking, ranking a team at 12, you ranked Barcelona at 12. Yeah, and my ranking, so it's, it's a real fair ra ranking. So uh, what I like about them, like the continuity, they kept the core of the team. Finally. Uh, they, 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 finally, exactly. They will have the same, the same spirit. Uh, I think one of the key uh, signings was extending Roland Schmitz to a new contract because after the season, to me, it seemed like mm. there's no way Jalgiris can keep him, but he's happy there and they, they were more than happy to maybe pay him a little bit more. Uh, so it's, it's going to be huge that Keenan Evans is returning from Achilles injury. And from what we've seen so far, he, he's okay. He's going to get there. Uh, he, he should be fine. And they added Nazmitru Long to have more quality because last season, even though they made the playoffs after Evans uh, got hurt, they didn't have enough quality uh, in the ball handling department. And basically, they just survived some games, and I still don't know how. <laughs> they had a really poor assist-to-turnover ratio. I'm expecting a, a big improvement here with Mitru Long arriving and, and, and he's a good shooter off the dribble so he can save you uh, similarly to Keenan Evans when your your play doesn't work. Let's say you have a broken play and, and when you have Evans or Mitru Long or even both of them more options. on the court, you just have more options to improvise and, and play ISO. Uh, and Brzdek is left, but I like the position where they are right now. They have money and they don't need to rush to sign a new player because the roster is 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 pretty balanced. Since nobody's injured, you have at least three options uh, at one. You have at least three or four options at two. You have two clear options at three. Uh, you two have options at the four. two options at the four. Very solid options, by the way. Both can stretch the floor and Brady Manick he might surprise a lot of people this year. Quickest release uh, in the yearly. Kevin Love of yearly. And at center, you also have Hayes for your defense and Berutus for these short stretches and where, some offense. Where, where he can where you can post him up and, and get some points from the paint. So this is a balanced team, even without uh Brasdekis and even without a new player. So they don't have to rush. They I hope they will find something, maybe before November, I, I expect mm. them to sign a, a new player in, in, in October. Uh, I would ideally, I would prefer like somebody who can play as a two and a three, similarly to Bruce Dacus. But if not, then I, I would be more than happy to sign another quality guard. I think the key word for, for Jalgris, uh, reviewing their summer and reviewing how they are going into the season is offensive versatility. I don't think they had that last year. Yeah, it was basically Keenan Evans, uh, Brasdakis, Isos. You know, yeah, they had. Ulano was hitting some step back shots. Step back shots. Brasdakis uh, hitting crunch uh, corner fade away corner freeze. Dimsha. They had a, they had a lot of luck involved. Um, yes, they, now they have uh, those things that they had last year. You know, post ups of Ulanovas. They have Keenan Evans back. They have. Nazmitra Long as a secondary ball handler on the team. Although I don't think he's going to improve assist to turnover ratio because he's he's makes he makes quite a lot of turnovers okay, so he, as well. He, he's gonna improve the but the scoring, scoring the scoring department. Yeah. And yeah. the ability to, you know, hit the paint, to touch the paint and then see what happens from there. I love his speed. I love uh, on a good days when he's making those shots after the dribble. And he has uh, sick handles, actually. Uh yep. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And with Brady Manic, you can also have a super offensive lineup with Manic and Schmitz at the five. 
and you combine that with defense of Lanovas or, or Butkevichus, uh, and you, you can choose always from two uh, ball handers in the backcourt. So offensively, they look much better. We know they have enough defense. Uh, they showed it last year. They play with grit. They play with, uh, they, they fight every game. I think they have a great coaching staff who prepares them for every game well. I already saw in the preseason, Jalgiri is adding ways to attack the switch all defense. You know, not just by simple isolation plays, but with some actual movements and tactics of how to get players in a better position. So I'm pretty excited about their season, and I ranked um, 11th. So ah, we're 11. I have white. Yeah, you also 12th. I have Jalgiri's 12th. 12th. Okay. Not too you much. know, I, I think I think they won't surprise anyone by getting into the playing. Play. No. Yeah, so, uh, I think honestly, uh, since it's going to be the first year with the playing tournament where the number 10 seed actually matters. I think that's the expectation for Jacques. not Not a dream. Like no. last yeah. year, making it to the playoffs was a dream. I think the dream, dream came true. And now making it to the playing should be... Okay, maybe you, you're going to be silent about this and humble and you're not going to say it as a as a GM, mm -hmm. Paulus Jankunas, or a head coach, Kasis Maxvitas, or maybe even some of the fans. But deep down, you do expect this team to be somewhere around the playing tournament. I do expect this team to make playing. I think the dream for this roster is the playoff directly. Yeah. The sixth spot. That's yeah, the that, dream. That is, that's a good point. Yeah. And but not at all surprised if they if they make the playing. And they have And all even the if they make necessary. the play, let's say with the home court uh, as an eighth seed or yep. seventh seed. I agree. I agree. I have not much to add about Jargidis except from the fact that we kind of take it for granted that Kevin Evans return to playing actually so good to see him with Jalgiris jersey yeah, once again. It, it, if, if, if not him, if, if not his serious approach on the recovery, it could, it could have take way longer uh, when that. And now he's he's playing, he's getting back in his shape and he should be ready for the EuroLeague start. So that's cool. I just realized that Roland Schmitz is the most expensive Jalgiris player on current roster, but it makes mm. so much sense because if he was, I wouldn't say rush, but if he was not that early with the decision to sign an extension with Jargis. I mean, he was already under the contract for the next year, but if he didn't sign with Jargis early in June, now he would be wearing Partizan, Maccabi, I mean, Barcelona. Let's remember that Barcelona, Barcelona yeah, yeah. let him go as exactly. he was a backup to Miritich. Now Roland Schmitz would be their best power forward. It would be perfect power forward <laughs> exactly. for that team. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's great that Roland Schmitz left his time in Lithuania so much that yeah. he decided to skip this crazy summer crazy off season and signed a new uh, deal with Jagers. you wrote a great piece on arthur Jagers and how his value skyrocketed after the world cup i know roland schmitz is was already on the euroleague level you know he was he had a great euroleague year but imagine if he waited until after the world cup to sign but like the, imagine the, the difference he is would that have signed now for Jagers, this yeah, world cup performance made such a big difference that his yeah. value you know increased five times schmitz Without even playing a single World Cup game or any he game in summer, he had, had, he had yeah. increased value this offseason yeah. because of lack of stretch force and so many teams looking for And also uh, because he position. had a good season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he has all these Except tools from to the play Barcelona center. series, but in regular season, yeah. he was great. Yeah, so. He just gives so much to the team, you know, yeah. shooting, post-up ability. He's strong to defend fours and fives, can defend perimeter, can post-up. Yeah. Can run off screens as well. Anyway, let's move uh, on. Number 11. Number 11 for Donatus and Ritis. Because I have uh, number 11. Jaguars. I have Zvezda. 
Oh, okay. I think we shared the same list of, of teams so far. It feels like that. Just to clarify, we had zero conversations about that's our true. our choices before the podcast. Yeah, that's so true. We didn't copy each mm. other or anything like that. And I have Zvezda. Um, Do you I, have them? Yeah, well? Zvezda. I Lamp. think they, they, they have a really deep roster. When everyone's healthy, I'm curious to see how Dusko Ivanovic will spread the minutes and who's going to let's say sacrifice a little bit. Okay, maybe I'm not expecting Milos Teodosic to play big minutes anymore. He's probably there for his veteran presence and maybe mentorship to a, a player like Iago Dos Santos, for example. Uh, so uh, they also have a stretch five and Mike Toby. They have so many options to play big lineups or, or smaller lineups. They have Luka Mitrovic and uh, I'm not going to continue um, naming all the players. It's just that... Uh, Again, they are a serious playoff contender. Similar, in my opinion, they're on the same uh, shelf with Jalgiris. Um, Rokas Gedraitis, uh, he's playing for his coach. I mean, he always plays best playing for Dusko. And we could see that also in the preseason, let's say, in that uh, friendly tournament in Cyprus. Uh, that two games he played versus Jalgiris and Maccabi. There were no friendly like games for him. He was playing he, over 30 He minutes. was playing so many minutes, <laughs> and you know what he brings uh, to the team, uh, his off-ball movement, his, his quick release, his shooting, and, and it's just, it seems that Dusko Ivanovic knows how to use him. Um, I think they're going to be a tough uh, physical team, but also from what we've seen last year, it, it looked like Dusko Ivanovic has this magic to dominate for one or two months but he doesn't really do that in a longer period and it was also the same when he coached Basconia they had one amazing run but it was just not enough for them to make it to the playoffs uh so we'll see how it goes uh this season the roster looks nice I mean the roster I could even say is is stacked in every position the roster is absolutely stacked. I mean, they had to decide who to cut for the Euroleague registration, I think, uh, because you have mm -hmm. like 15 guys that you can register or what. I, I, I'm not sure about this, but they have, you know, I had this depth chart where you have like three players per position. All the players don't fit in the I mean, in this depth Simonovic, chart. Simonovic, Toby, Bolomboy, Kuzmich as, as your bigs. But that's also a problem that I had with their Mitrovic. approach to how how to build a team. You know, I I thought they could have went for two or one player of you know from the top shelf instead of going for a lot of quality players, but more or less at the same level. I know now they have various millions of options how to construct their lineups that they're going to play they have they can basically look what they're playing on on this thursday and decide okay you are going to play more because we are playing this opponent they have this ability but i would just love them loved them more if they had some top shelf players in their front court um they have so much offensive potential in the backcourt but at the Shabazz, same time, Zyago, Nedovic, Milos. Milos. Who's going to take a back seat in this backcourt? I think Milos. I mean, come on. Milos is going but to Milos probably is play. Milos, man. But he's a, he's what? He's third? never driving in a back seat, you know? He wants to be a driver. Maybe at 36. That's he, what I hear, let's say. But maybe at 36, you, you have to realize what's best but for the you team. You know, it's, it sounds so simple. But if you take all these great players that we had in, in Spanolis and in, in some others, yeah. Juan Carlos Navarro. It's not easy to give back this. Why role would you sign him then? 
I mean, you should have some conversations with the player before you sign him because I don't see Shabazz Napier or Yago Dos Santos being the third option and at point guard and Nemanja sitting out with Euroleague that role as well, I, I, yeah. I don't see that happening. I mean, I think uh, one guy that we are not talking enough is Adam Hanga. I think he fits perfectly into Another this typical Dushkos picture right. of a lot of offensive guys. He can play with anyone. He can play the one, the one, the, the two, the three. So you can pair him with anyone and he should be happy and extremely valuable in this role and also in their uh, locker room because he has the championship experience. He knows how to win. Maybe he will get some guys, you know, okay, you are not playing that, 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 uh, that much. So, but your time will come. He can take that role as well. Uh, so I like their offensive potential, but at the same time, do they have enough defensively? And this is my, let's say, what intrigues me because Dushko, we know Dushko as a defensive coach mm. and all of a sudden he has all those tools offensively, how those two are going to fit together. It's uh, like last season when you had uh, Vildosa and then Campasso, mm. you have so much quality offensively, but if you play them in the same lineup, you're not going to have great perimeter defense usually and there's also Nemanja Nedovic so right now let's say if if he if they play Shabazz and, and Yago together in the same lineup well you're going to be under, undersized uh, so th th this is why Adam Hange to me is key probably one of the most important players in this and I'm really interested to see Shabazz because he was a bit injured in the preseason so we didn't get a real picture of, of Zvezda yet so it could be that uh, you guys ranking them 11th and me ranking them 10th ah. is quite an <laughs> I like August's reactions. He was like, when you mentioned that you ranked Zvezda 11th, August was like, ooh. And I was like, did you rank them like top six or top five? No, no, you no, know, no. That, that there was Number this 10. amusement in our pick. I was, and I, was I ranked them at 10th. Come on, man. I was expecting uh, that you ranked higher? Zvezda higher. That's why. Uh, there's a lot of hype about uh, Zvezda, er, and I would say a lot of fair hype about fair hype. them. Uh, True. I have this GM survey in front of me, it's not completed yet, we're lacking of a uh, few more uh, GMs to uh, fill the survey, but uh, Red Star is mentioned, I think, I would say next to Panathinaikos as the teams that had the best offseason, and I would agree, uh, they, as you said, they're stacked. The only, I mean, and 11th seed might sound not fair to somebody. I believe that Red Star fans might be disappointed with this pick, but I mean, we're talking about just being one position away from the play-in, three positions away from the playoffs. And for a budget, such a budget team like Zvezda, I mean, we, we will soon mention teams that are in the top 10. This is really stacked yearly this year. 11th position to be 11th is good in today's EuroLeague, in my eyes. In, in today's EuroLeague power rankings. In the in the Euroleague, yeah. eleven is, okay. is is the is the worst is the position probably the bubble boy, <laughs> yeah, the one who misses out on the prize. And my only problem is, uh, just like Ogi said, I would go with three, two, three elite big men, frontline players instead of having the rotation of like six big guys, uh, like Toby, Balamboy, Kuzmic, Simonovic, Mitrovic. And I'm just not sure how these guards will accept their roles and it might create some chemistry issues. But other than that, these are not huge problems, you know, to have in today's EuroLeague for the team like Zvezda. So I think it's mm. a it's a fair place. Who is them. your number 11? Valid. 
Jalgiris, yeah, okay. So that means we move to top 10. Top 10. Yep. And for the has... position, I had Barca. We had Barca, we already talked about them. And Ritis, who do you have, have at number 10? I have, and this might sound controversial to some, I have Panathinaikos at, 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 at Ooh, 10. Ooh, okay, this is... And, this, I'm, th and it's not my reaction to what, what happened recently <laughs> in, in, in their... Uh, you mean the 35 to 4 quarter? Yeah, that, that, that has nothing <laughs> not to quarter, do with but it. Start. That has nothing to do with it. It's just that in my opinion, even though you're signing good players, even though you're starting a new project uh, with the championship coach uh it's not so simple like to build a team from scratch and start winning straight away i, I believe if they trust this project and have continuity uh, next year maybe with even some improvements and maybe even if this season they finish in the final four or, or the playoffs and have a nice nice uh, run i would rank them top four or something like that but i have the bet I give them like let's say the benefit of the doubt, and since it's a new team, absolutely new team, it's it's hard for me to compare them to teams like Madrid, Maccabi, Monaco that that have continuity, and you sort of know what to expect, and that's why I'm trying to play safe and put mm. them at at number ten. Although of course by by the roster and the names you see on the roster, it it, it sounds crazy because uh, the quality they have in the roster definitely just screams final four material but i think it needs time and it's not going to be so easy i can't give them top four spot since this is a completely newly team what they have 11 new players or something like that i think the key for this team is patience and uh, dealing with the losses that will definitely come and you know really depends on how you respond to losses like this one that they had uh, against Olympia Cause this weekend. Uh, I checked and Ataman's first season with Efes, uh, where he constructed all the team and got all those pieces from other teams. They, I think they finished fourth. Yeah, they finished fourth in, in, the, in the regular season. season. That, that was a good season. They, they, nice they, bounce back from the 18th seed. Yeah, and they played in the final. They played in the final. They lost in the final. In the regular season, they were fourth. So I expect Panathinaikos. Cause you know also to have some struggles in the regular season because this is a newly constructed team they don't know how to react to losing situations they have to figure it out who is who their best lineups how they play defense there's just so much to figure it out and not a lot of Euroleague teams are going to give you this time to do that while playing so you can expect big losses at this as well as you can expect some stadium wins during the season I'm sorry uh I started laughing because I'm looking at the roster in the EuroLeague website and they listed Alexander Balcerovsky as a guard. Guard? Yeah, he's listed okay. as a guard in the EuroLeague website. Two, 13, 213 guard Balcerovsky? It, it says 215. 215? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, so maybe we don't know something. Because Mitoglu is also a guard, maybe so they're the, stacked in backcourt. Maybe it's their secret weapon. <laughs> they're going to play glue at two and Balcerovsky at three. And, and they're going to murder other teams with their size. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I think they're missing a small forward. Grigonis offensively fits well with the ball handlers. He's a nice spot-up shooter, but I think they need a taller uh, small forward who could defend post-ups, who could get, uh, you know shoot the ball as well, but who could also rebound, help defensively. So... 
I think this is definitely a playoff team, but as you said, you're being careful with them. I believe maybe a little more in them and I have them at six. Mm, I have them at ninth seed. Um, wow. Because- You know the comments that are going to be- <laughs> Nothing will surprise us after the last season. <laughs> because, and again, to be ninth in this year league is not bad. and. The reason why I rank them ninth, just because some other teams uh, above Panhaikos, uh, they just have, I would say, a little bit more talent or they already have some continuity, success from the past seasons, and the margin is not that big, you know, so it's not that bad to be ninth uh, in this conversation in the power ranking. I mean, because a lot of Panhaikos players, I mean, marquee moves that they made, they still have a lot of to prove on this Panhaikos team. Lazar was amazing, one of the top centers in the EuroLeague, that's for sure, but how is going to fit in Ergen Ataman's uh, system? I think that he should be nice because he will get a lot of playing time, he'll be playing with Kostas Lucas, but still it's a different environment and we can, uh, it's fair to say that in Partizan, he had his best years and just in Partizan, so he has to still prove if he can play at this elite level on other teams. Mitoglu missed a lot of times, uh, a lot of time um, because of this uh, doping case. Then he got uh, injured again. He will need some time. Although I really love him as a, a frontline local option for Panaikos. Juan Chorna Gomez taking a very different role from what he was used to in the NBA. Luca Valdosa has a lot of to prove. I mean, he was already proven guard, but he never played as a, one of the elite players, one of the key players for the contender teams. A lot of pressure on Costas Lucas. So, I mean, I like I like the roster. I like how deep uh, they are, but you have to respect other teams uh, on the list with some history behind, with talent on, on those teams uh, as well. And being ninth is not bad. And from what I hear, they're still looking for, for an upgrade uh, in a, I would say, a scorer on a backcourt, maybe a position two and three player. I have a suggestion for them. Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> Man, Dwayne Bacon. Legend, legend. So, no comments. yeah, I, I, no, I'm not going to expand on this one, but but yeah, I'm, they, might, they might be on a different tier when they will sign this player because they have money uh, for that. But I also wish them not to be too harsh after this Super Cup loss, because when you have Ataman on the bench and when you have Dimitris Gonokopoulos in the front office, there might be some emotional decisions, but I really think that this loss, as, as bad as it looked, you know, it might even unite those players because they had a pretty decent preseason. But these these games, you know, force you to to get together to talk things out, uh, and you know to bounce back to be better uh, in the future. And I think that in the opener game of the season, we will see a way different picture of Panhaikos against Olympiakos. Yeah, and again, we're talking about a team that signed ten new players, and I just checked GM survey results, and I would say only ten percent of the GMs see Panhaikos as a Final Four team next year. So that's fair. It's not that easy to you know turn things around that quick in one off season. I think it's fair because there there are at least three four teams uh, from the top eight in the Euroleague that kept their course, that kept their main players. So they're building on that continuity that Pau don't have. So I think it's a uh, it's fair. But 
we won't be surprised if they will make the final four. I no. mean, I have them at six, so it's not that far away yeah, from yeah, the final they're four. They're in the mix, so <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so you had Ritis had Barcelona at nine. Uh, you had Pau at nine, and <laughs> I have a different uh, team. Uh, this pick might surprise some some people, but I have Fenerbahce at mm, uh, position nine. Not that doesn't not surprise me that much. No. Okay. I have them at eight. Okay. So I have them at seventh. So oh, okay, so it's 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 near. It's a boring podcast. It's a gentlemen. boring podcast. Yeah. No, we'll see. <laughs> no hot takes. Um, I think what I like is that they added a lot of versatility at center at center spot. Um, they added some rim protection that they didn't have much last year. Um, I'm really, really intrigued by Jan Madar's potential. Uh, he's showing some great signs. And uh, question about him, can Madar be effective in a bigger role and every week? You know, can he be that effective uh, at a super high rate? Um, but why I ranked them 10th is, is, this, is this reason. They have a lot of weird situations in their team <laughs> and you know good way to call it yeah how how can you say i mean the point guard that you're probably going to start with wasn't supposed to be on the team and it was set through official channels of the team and you know i'm talking obviously but, about nick but the general manager i think yeah it was said officially by the general manager i'm not sure about the who, interviews but it was it was said uh, you know that we're probably parting ways with Nick. We are trying to find a, a replacement yeah. for him. And right now he's starting for them in the, yeah. probably will be starting in the first EuroLeague game. So that's one. They I have. don't even see him on their uh, roster again in the EuroLeague website. His name is not there. So he might be not officially registered for the competition. So maybe they're waiting for some potential last minute moves. That uh, also tells a lot about his situation. And as you said, just sad, you know, it was so weird with all these situations, with all these statements, and also knowing, you know, it would this uh, approach uh, on, on Nicolatis. It was so weird to see him in, I think it was Nigel Hayes Davis' uh, Instagram stories and reels where he's just laughing at, at dinner with his teammates. I mean, okay, maybe we're exaggerating some things, maybe just, you know, part of business you're in, but it's so weird in this environment to see the player still being with the team and starting uh, the season. But imagine Basket News tells us you at May, look, we don't want you continuing with us and we're going to find someone better. And then in two months, they don't find anything and they say, yeah, we'll keep you. How would you feel? Uh, I mean, you, you, you have to get over with the situation, obviously, because you are still on the team. You're trying to win. You're trying to earn a, a yeah. good contract. But at the same time, there is a thought in, ba in the, ba the back of your head. That it's, says, it's like it's like Jonas Miklos wants to replace, replace me, not you. I like having a company with you guys. I, I love Eredona, so there's no problem with that. And I will try to do my best for myself, first of all, because if I'm out, I have to be my best, best version to get the biggest contract in the free agency if I'm out. So I think that's an, I would say a professional approach mm. that I should carry on. I didn't realize when Raul Neto got hurt that it's gonna cause such a mess. And and actually when they signed Ragas, I thought, okay, so that's your uh, replacement for the injured role Neto, but no, they're sending him on loan. So I don't know what the plan is, if Nick is part of the group or not. Uh, either way, they're still a solid team. They have 
plenty of players that were there also last season and they had a good year. Let's say Nigel Hayes-Davis was amazing last season. Dyson Pierre as well. Jonathan Motley had a good rookie season. And again, this this has been mentioned a lot already in this podcast. You always expect the second uh, year to be even better. Um, Shanley and Papayanis additions are good and, and smart. Uh, as you said, it, it gives more versatility for them to, uh, to play in different ways defensively and, and offensively. Uh, and Tyler Dorsey last season he joined in the second part of the season maybe wasn't in his best form now it should be different so they do have enough quality for me to see them uh, in the playoff picture and put them number eight in the power rankings but this whole Nicolaitis situation is, is definitely strange yeah especially when there are rumors about Dorsey and Itudis and, and and their connection, you know, it makes things even more strange. So there's a lot of on the two the shoulders to manage this situation, to manage this personal, these uh, emotions, goals, and stuff to make this winning team. Although they have all the pieces. To oh, there's also Yamadara. I, I forgot about him. Yeah, there's, yeah. They they do have a new guard who is kind of similar to Shagars, I would say. Mm, just more defensive oriented, maybe. Mm, okay. But yeah, they're stacked. I mean, we mentioned all these guards and we even didn't mention Marco Gudrich, who, who is a great ball handler. Because at the end of the day, Gudrich becomes your point guard. Yeah. <laughs> whether you like it or In not. In any team he plays for. Yeah, but whether you like it or not. <laughs> you can have as many people as you want in, in this, these positions. Marco Gudrich is your point guard. Ritis, you had a great question or a hypothetical situation, an example for me. If Miritic was still on the Barcelona, we would rank them probably top four or five. Yeah. My uh, kind of similar take is like, if if they had managed to replace Kaladis, would you see Fener much higher than right now? I mean, it depends who's the replacement. Like if you put Darius Thompson Raul in the Raul Neto. Raul Neto. So I'm not sure about Raul Neto. I haven't seen him for a long time other than mm. playing a backup role in the NBA. Small minutes. And, and, and it's, it's, it's difficult to judge, but probably with his talent i would put them seventh or sixth at least mm. uh, a spot higher than than right now okay we move on to by the way so far in the player survey we have two fenerbahce players mentioned among the most overrated overrated euroleague players do you make your guess most overrated um yeah. maybe somebody Scotty went Wilbekin. with wilbekin <laughs> scotty wilbekin is one and the other one... Second one will surprise you. Motley. <sighs> Papayanis? Yamadar. It has to be partisan player. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what, how, how is he overrated? He's young. I don't know. He, yeah, how is he overrated? It, it has because to be something the, personal. He, because you know? he got the Rising Star Award? I don't know. It just says more about the EuroLeague that there are no young the, players in the EuroLeague. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it, it okay. was just... That's a nice answer. Okay. Opponent <laughs> of Yamadar who got pissed about his uh, defense and him, <laughs> you know, barking and, and getting it to his uh, ankles. I don't know. To be overrated, you actually have to be rated first. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. And uh, among the GMs, only 10% of the GMs see Fenerbahce as a Final Four team next season. I don't know if they will figure this out. They have all the pieces, you know, to 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 make it to, to the final four. Uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't. But 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the final four, but I'm not saying that they're final four lock for sure. You had them last year in the final, right? <laughs> no, it was my in my power ranking. I don't remember. I I think that I had them no, sixth. in the bold predictions. In the bold you said predictions. Like predictions are bold predictions. Uh, no, I can okay. say whatever <laughs> I want. But fair play. You were not so far off. After like, ten rounds, I was very confident. And you know? even like in the quarterfinals, they going into game five, had, had a good good series. And by the way, the thing about Dorsey you mentioned. I, I also expect a more consistent and better season from him because he not only he joined the team in the middle of the season, but also he joined the team where the team was started losing a lot of games. So we told mm. had to find answers. There were a lot of injuries. So it was a very confusing situation for a newcomer uh, to join in. So I really hope uh, that they will settle, uh, settle the game down and clear their roles before the season. But again, there are some fair question marks. So number eight seed, we are entering the playoff zone, which is after the plane. I have Partizan Belgrade at number eight. Fair enough. Um, Why? Well, you know, they still have some of the greatest players uh, in the EuroLeague. They have Kevin Punter. They have Zach Lede. I'm really high on PJ Dozier and his defensive abilities. Him taking Dante's Exum role, I think he's going to be great. Uh, love the addition of Ponitka. He gives them a lot of, like, he's a, the glue guy on any team he plays for. Uh, I think Alexa, you know, showed what he's capable for uh, of. I think he's going to have a much bigger role scoring and, and uh, you know, and playing that, that same Stifling defense, he 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 likes to play. I think Alan Smilagic can have a breakout year. You know, at this time, you know, Frank Kaminsky was signed to play the the five position, but um, I think he's more of a more you know power forward guy. You know, I love their offense with him at the fifth position because he stretches the floor so well. But they were already number one offense last season, and they were the la the worst defense in the Euroleague. So. I think they, I would rank them three or four if they had a defensive roll and cut center, you know, like if they b basically managed to keep Lesor. I would rank them third mm. or fourth. Mm. Yeah. I think their defense suffers too much without him. And, you know, I expect them to sign uh, a similar guy. So, and that would make Partizan Sky into the top four of my power rankings. But right now, I just think that not having a defensive-minded center can can cause some some huge problems for them. Yeah, I do expect them to uh, sign at least one more player. Um, the good thing is that uh, the players that left the club, apart from Lesor, they've, man they've managed to replace, and it seems like with really solid options like PJ Dozier. I haven't seen him yet in the partisan shirt, but knowing the player, I can imagine uh, him being really successful in the Jelko Bradovic system. Even Ognjen Yaramas being back in mm -hmm. partisan, he's a physical guard. Uh, he was good in Bayern Munich, not super consistent, but pretty good, pretty solid. And mm -hmm. Alexa Vramovic, uh, let, let's not forget that last season he was injured for a long time, and he only came back like in the eighth or ninth. Uh, they were uh, four and nine, I think. Uh, yeah, so he changed the momentum even later. Of the so he came mm -hmm. back basically at the end of the first part of the season. So mm -hmm. 
and, and, and now we're going to have a full year with Alex Avramovic and we saw what, what he did in the World Cup, which was amazing. So this is a good team coached by one of the greatest minds in basketball, Michel Kobradovic. So you cannot go wrong with uh, putting them somewhere near the top four probably mm. right now as you said since they didn't sign a, a center yet and they probably will and uh, of course keeping kevin punter was key at this table we would have a completely different conversation if kevin punter would be a barcelona player right now absolutely we'd have a completely yeah, oh, different yeah. conversation absolutely. about barcelona and a different conversation about partisan he is a game changer the best scorer in the league right now agree probably we the picked, best player. we picked him we picked him number one like if we were doing yeah. the Euroleague draft right now if we we're building our team like we we had the same uh decision that we would pick Kevin Punter yeah. as the number one guy in the Euroleague right now uh for me they're number seven in my power okay. rankings and for you Donato? I have them number six okay it's pretty high but I just had this different system of managing my top 10 let's say uh, seats based on previous season experience based on talent and stuff what can i add about partisan for sure they will add a center uh, matthias lazar type of center they're on the market there are talks that they might be thinking about two uh, potential signings but uh for the second one it's the matter i mean it's it's not clear yet but the f f their, their primary goal is to have a center that's for sure i i see frank kaminsky as somebody like you know Brodzanski from the NBA so I mean I kind of understand his role what Jelko Bradovic wanted from Brodzanski and basically when he was cut they didn't sign anybody so maybe it's it's Jelko Bradovic project in a deeper roster uh, that he wants to have uh, this year uh, regarding Dozier and Kaminsky I've heard that they uh, joined the team and everybody's happy about their adjustment of course they have they face some natural challenges but so far the whole experience was great Jelko tried so many different approaches in the preseason the the seem the team uh seems to fit quite nice but of course a lot of depends on the center signing that they will have and probably a lot of things are related to the nba uh start of the season uh and the end of the training camps which will conclude on october 2020 october 22 and the season starts october 24th so in a few weeks we might expect some borderline nba players joining partisan there were a lot of names uh already i would love nemias queda this partisan portugal guy from from sacramento no, i was in vegas last summer yeah he has he now he had some problems this season with his health so that's yeah. kind of a question mark but you know nba teams want him on the roster so he's obviously trying to stay there but i think he fits the player yeah. profile yeah that part is like i, I mentioned freddie gillespie that's mm -hmm. the type of player profile of player they're looking for and uh maybe i'm putting them succeed in advance I would say with the center acquiring but I'm just I love that they kept the core I love that they kept uh, Kevin Punter missing not only Lazor but Dante Exum another top 15 player probably from the last year like season is huge but mm. those year is 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 fitting nice so far so with other players improving like Alexa likes my luggage they should uh uh match their let's say level they had last year and we're talking about the team which which was a final four team uh so so yeah i have them at six who do you have at eight 
because oh. I have parties on eight. Ritis has Fenner at eight. I you might be too harsh with them because I had them really high last year. But I have a couple major questions. I have Milano? Milan at eight. I have them at seven. My major questions uh, are regarding a point guard because still I'm not convinced if Kevin Pangos is going to be their main point guard because let's say there are some unconfirmed rumors that they're still on the market. Uh, for a guard, and I would say for a point guard. So that's a big question to have starting the season. But we'll see. I mean, again, it's it's not verified information. And then this Mirotic thing. I know that they like to play him as a free, but having five more great uh, frontline players, including Nicola Melli, who was the most expensive player on Milan's roster uh, coming off uh, last year, and who is on, also on an expiring contract. It's a, uh, you know, it's a big question to answer during the season. How are they going to find the chemistry? How are they going to share the roles? And it's not going to be easy. I mean, I love the potential if Shields is is healthy, uh, if if Mirotic and Meli find the chemistry, if Pangos remains or anybody, uh, anybody else from the elite level joins the team. We're talking about the probably Final Four caliber team. But I'm hearing mm -hmm. a lot of ifs. Uh, but there are some ifs. Look, and that's why I put them eighth. It, it's normal to have ifs and 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 doubts about a team that had to go through all that mess la mm, last year yeah. with, with with the injuries and everything. I rank them at number five. I think Which that is fair. that Nikola Mirotic is the biggest signing of 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 the summer. Uh, so obviously, he makes any team better. Uh, whether the coach has a plan to play him at, a, at the three or at the four, it, 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 these are just details, and uh, Terry Messina will sort it out. But yeah, the only thing they need is to stay healthy. Let's not forget that uh, a healthy Shavon Shields is one of the best two-way players in, in in Europe. So if if everyone's healthy, I don't see why they couldn't go to the final four or at least to have a good yeah. regular regular season uh they have some nice additions uh the other positions as well a combo guard modulo i'm intrigued to finally see him outside of germany on a top euroleague team alex poitras he gives you defense and you wouldn't be so dependent on kyle heinz anymore because he 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 might be playing his last season. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. He Could might be, be retiring after the season. And all the players that last year underperformed, you expect them to once again yeah. resurrect this season. I'm talking Devon Hall. I'm talking Johannes uh, Voigtman. I'm talking even Billy Barron. And I'm talking Kevin Pangos as well. Uh, so I ranked them at number five. It, it, it's pretty high. Uh, the question marks are fair. But in my opinion... They just need to stay healthy. That that's the mm -hmm. main thing. Yeah. yeah, I have I have them at seven, and basically, as you said, I agree with all your points on the paper. You know, if we are not taking into account the, the injuries and all that stuff, they probably look at like a top four team. But the, the one question mark is injuries. They have not been able to stay healthy for the last two three years, and you know what's going to change the situation. And I think. It, it would be fine, you know, to have a couple of injuries. That's normal in basketball. That happens. But I just think that they're not balanced in the front court and back court. And one injury to their front court doesn't change much. But one injury to their to their back court changes a lot. Yeah. And they struggled last year exactly with this. So, um, you know, 
the question marks about Kevin Pangos and Maud Law at the point guard. Siobhan Shields, as you mentioned, probably one of the best two-way players. But, you know, it's not like Siobhan Shields dribbles the ball and have, has the ball in, in his hands. The ball needs to arrive to him, even in, on the last place. So um, it's just, it's just do, these two question marks that, that made me rank Milano seventh. But if everything goes according to the plan, as do they do imagine in their in their in their uh, staff, they, they could be a final four team easily. Uh, so we have Partizan at sixth, Fenerbahce in seventh, Milan at eighth, Panathinaikos ninth, and Barcelona tenth. Uh, who do you have on seventh for six seats? I have uh, six Panathinaikos, seven uh, Milano, uh, eight Partizan, nine Fenerbahce, ten uh, Zvezda. And Ritis? Rit is missing. Okay, Rit so is missing I number still six. I have spot. to tell you my number six, and okay. my number six is Olympiakos. Oh, okay. Oh, um, I had this, this is where we weird case about Olympiakos. Where to rank them? Mm, yes, for sure. And again, I'm not reacting at all to what happened in a in a Greek derby recently. Because if you were reacting, you would put them <laughs> probably higher. Yes, uh, I believe that last week you've discussed the Brzdeka signing. I don't really mm. have a strong opinion. I. I'm kind of surprised they went for him and actually paid a buyout. I don't know. They probably see him as an advantage with his strong body and his size and Bertsokas has a plan for him. Although I I really thought they, they were going to look for somebody else for for some something like a combo guard who 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 can who can shoot the ball. Uh but maybe they have higher expectations for Isaiah Cannon this year and you have Walkup and Williams Goss two physical point guards that that are not known for their shooting abilities, although Williams Goss uh, continues to prove that he is a pretty reliable shooter, and he actually hit some really big shots for Madrid last last year in their championship run. Um, again, McKissick and all the other guys with the physicality, and then we've talked about Sigma replacing Vizenkov in that uh, fourth position a lot during the summer, so I'm not going to repeat myself. What I, what I am going to say, though, is that uh, at the end of the season, when you will look at some analytics or advanced stats, I can guarantee that you will see Olympiacos leading by a fine margin in the post-ups. Mm. They're going <laughs> to be a post, low post nightmare uh, for all the others with Milutinov, Fal, and even Sigma, who loves to create from the low post. Uh, so that I can guarantee. Uh, but also when you lose players like Slukas and Vizenkov that were so so important for you. I know you have Bersokas, I know you have the same system and, and you do trust this team, uh, but I still rank them number six. I'm a, a bit humble about mm. their um, potential po potential this, this, this year, but as you said, when, when you spoke about teams that you ranked ninth, tenth, or 11th, you said, this is a good position to be ranked in this EuroLeague. So number six is also a good position to be ranked in this EuroLeague. This is probably where we have the biggest difference uh, so far in these power rankings. I mean, we had Barcelona, that kind of a team that uh, yeah. we had different views, Panathinaikos. With Barca, we uh, had a difference in f by, by three positions. By three positions. With Pau, we had by four. You had them at 10, yeah. I had them at six. And with Olympiacos, we have as well three positions because I have them at number three, actually. I have them number four. Number four. Um, it, I, like I said in the summer, we discussed them probably the most uh, during this offseason because they lost two of the 
two of their best players. They added big names as well. So, and they just added Brasdeikis. We spoke a lot about them last uh, last week. Uh, I think they are going to be a crazy good defensive team. That's what's going to be their main engine uh, this season. The biggest question for me is, I believe they lost some defensive versatility at the center spot. And, but on the other hand, they added offensively with him. So basically Olympiakos will have a dominant center in the paint for all 40 minutes during every game. Yep. So will it come, it, will it come to bite them in the end? Or will it be so like playing these two dominant centers will be an unsolvable task for, for other teams. So uh, I just think that Olympiakos are still, you know, be between the top teams in the EuroLeague. They know how to play. Mm. They have a really deep roster. They have good defense, and you can count on them defense on on any mm. uh, weekday. Week. So, so am I right to think like, uh, since you lost Lucas, who's a pick and roll genius, you're now gonna be less of a pick and roll team, more of a low post team. I think, uh, like b based on what we saw from their friendlies, uh, we saw that it is still like their main actions have remained the same. But it's that their endings of possessions, uh, like, are way more inside than than what it's used to okay. before. So the, the, another question I have is like, who is closer in this team? Is it Brzezakis? Lorenzakis? <laughs> you know. Um, so th this is this is my I mean, two, two questions. Is, is, it's tough to to talk about his position in the team. We haven't seen it yet, yeah, exactly. And he's still recovering from the injury from the he injury. suffered in the World Cup. So we we will need some time to gather all the information uh, about him playing mm. uh, for Olympiakos and what role is he going to get. So we're probably going to get back to this conversation mm. uh, in December, Later. somewhere but ar around Christmas. Overall, they just have so many offensive weapons. You know, Milutinov, Fall, there's an offensive weapon all the time. Sigma, handoffs, empty corner pick and rolls, create po from the post with his movement. You have, you know, walk up, he can he can be a pick and roll scorer sometimes. You have Shaq McKissick with his speed. You have Papa Nicolaou shooting threes, defending. So it's not like they're going to need to score ninety every night because they're going to have a crazy good defense, and, yep. and I think they're going to score just enough to win games. Yeah, this game against Panathinaikos in Super Cup was crazy, and Olympiakos won by their defense. At one point, I was watching the game. I think the score was like thirty-two to four or something. They were on a twenty-seven-zero run at some point of the game, and Panathinaikos just couldn't do anything uh, against Olympiakos' uh, switch defense. Olympiakos was the best defensive team, according to Bbolitics, uh, and by the defensive rating last year. And uh, as you mentioned, I don't see them regressing in this uh, department. Offensively, I have some questions. I still. I uh, love Mustafa Fall as my main option at center and somebody who stretched the floor and does a lot of those little things like Vazenkov did last year than the, than the current team that they have. But of course, Milutinov adds a lot of excellence in the low post, just maybe on the backcourt. I don't see um, anybody replacing Kostas Lukas' clutchness at uh, that level and pick and roll greatness at that level like he did. So these are the question marks. but. I didn't want to be affected too much by this Super Cup game, but it just gave us a reminder, especially making this power ranking when we didn't see those teams for, for a few months. It just it was a great reminder of 
team basketball and Yorgos Bartsokas basketball that he implemented in Olympiakos. That it's not just about some names, MVPs, but about the system, about the ball movements, and about the way they play. They kept the, the core, they kept a lot of players, and you can expect a lot of same things that Olympiakos ran uh, last season. So I, that's why I put them, I would say, quite a high, top four, even though they're missing the MVP and the, one of the best clutch players from the last season. So now I need to know your number five. Gritis have. It has Milano. Yeah. Five. Uh, I have Maccabi Tel Aviv. I think it was one of the most successful teams this offseason and their offseason started in February, extending Lorenzo Brown, then keeping Wade Baldwin. It's one of the most successful backcourts uh, last year. They were arguably the best backcourt uh, in the EuroLeague. They kept Bonzi Colson, who I think will step up. Uh, he was already solid last, uh, solid last year. I like James Webb addition. Uh, I would prefer a bit more stretch options on their front line, but I mean, uh, they kept their core. They have the best uh, backcourts and Sh the shooting in the, the front court. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would. I would love love to see more shooting in the front core. And I mean, they're they're poised to to stay solid the following year as well. So they're it's, in a good position. It's not like they had mu uh, a lot of shooting in the front court last year. So mm -hmm. yeah, and. Um, Actually and they still were James successful. Webb. Although they, I yeah, think that, that, that was Webb. what they were lacking. You know, I'm just not the fan mm. of this Katash approach of having, you know, Nebo Poitras type of uh, centers. Mm. But it's it's a different way to win games. And there's no one good way uh, to win games. If that's Katash style, that's that's fine. They were one win away from making the final four. So I'm not going to judge him. Uh, I have them at fifth as well. Okay. Uh, I'm really brave. Yeah, uh, uh, talking about Maccabi. Uh, number two? What, they're my number two. Okay. You know, wow. I was uh, I was actually thinking about having Maccabi number two or number three. Yeah. But the only thing that stopped me from doing so is that I think they lack one one guy in their backcourt. Death-wise? Death-wise. Mm -hmm. Of course, not starting-wise. They have yeah. Brown and Baldwin who are going to play yeah, 35 that, that's minutes. Fair enough. I mean, last year, even though it didn't really work out, you had Darius Hillard. Uh, Darren Hilliard. Darren, yeah. Darren Hilliard, I'm sorry. Uh, you had um, Austin Hollins, who didn't even play Very really. Much. Now you, you signed Antonius Cleveland. I'm not sure. Let's wait and see what happens. But Tamir Blatt. Tamir Blatt also, yeah. Um, I'm going to say this. They're my number two team in the power rankings. Wade Baldwin is my MVP. That's, that's a prediction already. Wade, okay. Wade Baldwin is my MVP. Uh, not only did they prove that they can play together and they fit together, I'm talking about Lorenzo Brown and Wade Baldwin, but also they proved that they can dominate. And Menorah is a fortress. They don't lose games there. They don't lose, they games, don't lose there. games there. And and usually when you go there, you <laughs> get a nice, good old-fashioned spanking. <laughs> so <laughs> as long as these two guys are healthy, I, I'm, I'm thinking a step forward from what happened last year i'm thinking final four i'm thinking way ball yeah. mvp i'm thinking okay a, a lot of big things for, for this maccabi team it, it's so different from what i talked about them last year before the season it's there, there's such a big because difference we had question marks that they actually figured had out so many the doubts season. Yeah. about the head coach about the fit and all that stuff and you know what uh Monaco and Maccabi can continue to be uh, two of two of my favorite teams in the Euroleague that I love the most, and it it's not changing this season. 
actually it's even higher right now my my love for both of these teams so yeah Castiel Rivero also I, I I like the signing you need some fighters that give you that mm. extra spark uh, on on a good team and I think Castiel Rivero is the guy so number two for me Maccabi I think they have one of the most beautiful offensive systems in mm -hmm. the in the year league so yeah, it's not the deepest roster, actually. It has to be said. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah For me, they were one very solid rotation player away from being ranked higher. But than but five. I love their approach that you want to invest your budget to key players. Yeah. And finally, in Tel Aviv, so it's, it's a rare thing. Instead of having like five different options at guard and only one of them, let's say, stands out and all the other are mediocre players, you invest to quality instead of quantity. And I think it's a good approach. Okay, injuries might happen and it might ruin your season, but if everything goes well, that's uh, a win. This, this Maccabi team is gonna be a force. That's a winning tactic yeah. strategy for sure. So I'm actually surprised nobody had, everybody has FS in the top four. Yeah. Because uh, why not? Because like- Because they, a they, lot of other podcasts had them pretty low. Really? I didn't, I didn't listen, listen to any to podcast, podcast, honestly, but, but I'm going to say this. like You couldn't imagine a better replacement for Vasa Mitic. And what, I agree. who else they're missing from the last year? Like, I agree. Darius no Thompson. And they have looks even as a better fit, just clearing roles than Vasily Mitic. And, so. and, and let's not forget, like maybe in, uh, during the last season, because they lost a lot of games, they had injuries. Uh, people started to forget how good Shane Larkin is, yeah. how good Rodri Boboy is, what Will Clyburn is capable of. Elijah Bryant is on a breakout year. Uh, yeah, so. and, and and I actually love the signing for the head coach position. Erdem John, he had an amazing year in the Euro Cup. This is actually the number one reason why I'm putting them in the top four. I'm, I mean, they're I'm number two, but... You have them the number two? No, I mean, Adam John is number two reason. For, oh, after okay. Darius Thompson. Uh, no, yeah. for me, it's number one. I'm a big believer in Adam John. It's okay. the first thing uh, I So F is number him. four for me. Me too. Uh, I, I, think, I think the players like Shane Larkin and Rodrigo Boba will have so many interesting plays set up for them to have opportunities to score and shoot. So it, it's, it's definitely... Uh, an interesting uh, move, like you had this whole dynasty built by Ergin Ataman, and now you're putting the, your trust in, uh, I would say, new school, innovative, uh, smart, younger coach, which is Erdem Jan. Like they have the, all the offensive weapons they had last year. I think they have the true point guard to set all the guys that are around and and make them better and make their life easier true point guard who's assist first exactly he, he can first. still score yeah but uh he's the perfect guy to set up all the teammates that he has around him he has a pick and roll threat in in zizic he has a pick and roll threat in tyreek jones who and he also plays defense he also plays defense and you know, they have versatility at the center. You can choose which one you now play uh, according to who is on the court. You know, if you need a, some, a guy to stretch the floor, you still have Tibor Plyce. You have a roll and cut center in Tyreek Jones. You have Ante Zizic who can give you, you know, other things. And you have scorers off the ball. You have a true point guard. You have Will Clyburn, who is the, your go-to guy when you need a, to, to, to score in the last seconds. 
and you have a coach who can upgrade your defense through asking more intensity to have more, you know, defensive. Maybe principles. having more scouting. More scouting as well. Because, yeah, I was about uh, to mention this. They 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 were focusing more on the, themselves rather mm. than their opponents uh, in Ataman years. So so now it might be a different approach. Like on the paper, you are thinking that this team has everything they need to succeed. Yeah. And, you know, I'm putting them number four because it's still, you know, new system, new coach, uh, new point guard. But I think uh, I think they are going to be a really, really good team at the end of the season. And come playoff time, they, they could be super, super uh, big contenders for the title. What's even more fascinating that they're still looking for an upgrade in the front line for a stretch uh, four position. Uh, and from what I heard, they have money. They're exploring some high-profile uh, players. It's not going to be an easy competition because there are a few other teams on the market and also Chinese teams involved, so they can offer more money. But at the end of the month, I I, I would expect some nice upgrade, and we're already talking about a very solid roster, so they will be even better because let's say they didn't find a player who would... Uh, who would define what they really need in the stretch four position. Uh, and with that upgrade, they, they would be even more scary. And I have them number three for, for all the reasons you basically mentioned. Mm. People really forget, for, forgot how good they were last year. And with all the respect to some other guys who left, I mean, Vasily Misic is the only that, you know, such a significant loss that it's really hard to replace. And you signed Darius Thompson. I mean, come on now. You're you're really solid. And Nardem Chan will add more coaching in ways of demanding and putting those pieces in better better positions to succeed. Simply with Erdem Chan, you're, you're turning the page. You are giving more life to this roster, you know, because... And that's, that's a needed page because before they... Um, you know, embrace that freedom that they needed to shine and to win the EuroLeague, actually. But now, they, let's say they have to get back to more coaching, more disciplined basketball, uh, and to, to receive more demanding coach mm -hmm. for, from the sidelines. Exactly. Like, cycles, cycles are normal in, the, in normal in basketball. And to have a new coach stepping in, I think it's only going to do good for FS. Who do you have at number three? No. Uh... I have FS as oh, yeah. number three. Uh, and Biakos number four. FS is number four for me. Who's your number four always? FS. And FS. number three? Olympiakos. Ah. So Donatas are missing number four. So, no, no, no. I had Olympiakos number four yeah. and FS ah, number okay. three. So it's Reed pretty is... obvious that my number three is Rocket Team. Oh, yeah, because you put Maccabi too. So yeah. it team. couldn't be any other way. Because uh, we I know mean, who, you could have been number one. <laughs> well, we know what. Yeah. what <laughs> it's hard team to is, is, is number one. But Monaco, and I saw two of their games so far uh, versus San Quentin, where they weren't really serious, but in the end they got serious and Mike James hit the game winner. And yesterday I saw them versus Asphalt. Uh, everything seems good so far, of course. They are still missing players. Uh, Mam Jaite is still not playing, although I'm not sure if that was a really necessary signing for them since they have Motiunas, Dante Hall, and you could easily play John Brown or Peter Corneli at, at, at five if needed. Um, but okay, he's still not playing. Kemba Walker still not playing. Uh, Jordan Lloyd is still not playing. So now it's 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 more like Mike James or Elio Kobo. They just share the ball 
and shared responsibilities offensively. And it's only the French league, so I'm not going to jump into any conclusions. But they kept most of the team from last year. At the end of the day, Sasha Bradovich is still the head coach, although there were so many talks that that uh, they're going to change him. And, okay, Campbell Walker is a gamble. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I'm not a big believer that it's going to be a, a I, successful I don't even project. call him, to be honest. Considering, I mean, yeah. Monaco's capabilities for the next season, I don't even count on him. Uh, yeah. Because they're already so you, stacked you, you and good. You have Okobo, Mike James, and Jordan Lloyd. So whether yeah. Kemba Walker is available or not, you still have these three players that last season uh, carried you to the Final Four. Like, and Kemba Edition only has upside. Yeah, exactly. Bonus. Um, although, not necessarily, it might harm the chemistry a little bit, but I, I hope that won't happen. Uh, and last year, what was their biggest problem? Shooting. They thought that Adrian Mormon could be the stretch four uh, that helps them uh, with spacing. And he was terrible, honestly. He was terrible. And then they needed to sign a replacement. Middle of the season, they couldn't sign a stretch four. They signed Chima Monekia, who was not a good fit for a team that struggles with shooting the ball. He's not a shooter. And now, not only you sign a French player, but also he fits the profile so perfectly, better Corneli. And I think he uh, solves a lot of problems uh, for, for Sasha Bradovic. Now you will have better spacing. Now you will have more shooters surrounding Mike, Ellie, and all the others. And at the same time, you still have the physical warrior type of players in, in Diallo, Brown, Jaron Blossom game. He's been nice so far in the French League. Last season, maybe he was struggling to f with finding his role. Who knows? Maybe the second year will be much better for him. Utara, Tarpe... Defensive-minded players, they have all the tools. So number three for me was quite an easy pick. Mm. It was just a debate uh, with myself uh, be between Maccabi and Monaco, honestly. We have them at, we have Monaco at number two. Yeah. And you mentioned all those reasons. I think Cornelia, Cornelia is my number one guy who could have. He's Corneli. 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 Peter Corneli. Corneli. But yeah. is it um, Peter? I, he's Peter because his mom is from... Czech Republic, I think, and he, he's, I mean, I was okay. uh, corrected by our good Peter. listener, not Peter, I mean, he's Peter, but I was corrected by a good listener from France, and he okay. said that Cornelie even complained to him that he was called Peter or whatever, because he's Peter. Okay. He's Peter well, I know that it's Cornelie, not Cornelia, yeah. but Peter is, Peter is news for me. Peter yeah. Cornelie. Because the, if, if there was an additional E it before the R. It would make things easier, yeah. I would I would say Peter, but yeah, Peter. it seems like better. Like okay, Peter it is. Yeah, it's settled. Okay, so he's the guy that could have a uh, you know the biggest impact of those all those signings that kind of went under the radar, and I'm really intrigued to see him even playing at the fifth five position. I know they have three guys there, but I think in the playoffs, like maybe in the regular season, his role is not so big. But I think in the playoffs when they need the shooting in the front court even more. Like we saw how Maccabi and Olympiacos played their defense against Monaco. Like everybody was concentrated on those two guys, uh, those three guys. And so I think he could be huge. Um, yeah, so I have a number two for all those reasons you mentioned. And, uh, you know, they added Terry Tarpe, who could be a glue guy if somebody gets injured. Uh, you know he's a he's a nice one, nice player to have next to all those offensive 
offensive stars. And again, you managed to sign uh, to sign French lo- local player. players, mm-hmm. French players, Tarpe, Jaite, Corneli. To keep the Euroleague, let's say, to keep the main players more fresh for the Euroleague. Yeah, you uh, can play important. them in, in, in the French League. Yeah. So I, I have Monaco as number two because uh, you cannot expect, because first of all, they were third in the Euroleague last year. They're super talented. They have one of the best backcourts and they have the continuity. You cannot expect much more from Mike James, uh, Jordan Lloyd, and Elio Okobo. You just can expect them to be healthy. I'm talking about Lloyd and Okobo. And okay, in Okobo's case, you healthy might... and committed. You, yeah, I, I see uh, where you're going. But we uh, see what you did here, Edith. <laughs> yeah, but also expect Okobo to make this step forward in terms of being more matured. If things go wrong for him offensively, he has to be more also committed defensively, all around player, not to be affected by bad scoring nights. But I'm not counting on these guys. I'm actually counting on assets, role players, whatever you call them, uh, because I think that was that what was missing last year. And I believe that these guys will make a big step forward. John Brown, I heard that he kind of apologized for the last season. He apologized his team and he made a very serious job uh, work uh, during the off season to get in a way better shape for the start of the season. And we can compare, we can remember, you know, how good he was in Kazan. So we, you can, you know, arguably expect him to be really solid uh, this year. Jaron Blossom game, Alpha Diallo did a tremendous job also in the off season. Jaron Blossom game and Myers also is also one of those uh, most improved player potential uh, players because he can do so many different things. And maybe the one thing that was missing for him was shooting, of course, especially in this team. And he can really shoot the ball. Last year, he was not that successful, but he can just step up in on all those small areas and he has all the tools to be a successful player, especially next to backcourt that they have. And Alpha Diallo, in my eyes, I mean, he also had this shooting. He was chasing those shooting ghosts in the series against Maccabi. I think he was like one of 10 and he lost all the confidence he had offensively. But he can also shoot the ball really well. Defensively, he can be really solid. And in my eyes, he's one of the best uh, all-around small forwards uh, in the EuroLeague that could have a serious case uh, long-term. So adding those pieces, adding Corneli, who who showed a re- real, very serious approach uh, toward the season, coming with a very professional approach uh, regarding his, his, his body, preparation for games, and etc. I mean, it can be even better team than last year, which which was really solid uh, stuff that we saw. So, yeah, it's, it's it's weird. It's strange to rank Monaco as a number two, considering that they joined the EuroLeague two years ago. Yeah, but last year we already predicted Final Four for them. Mm. In the first year, they made it to the playoffs and had a and they're just Game 5 getting better. versus Olympia Cost, so they're getting better each year. And uh expectations are high of course and, yeah. and when you sign Campbell Walker and you steal all the headlines it draws much more attention to you as as a club also. yeah I, I have this I have few red flags over Monaco uh we mentioned injuries uh also I have okay we praised Cornelie but can he prove that he will be the guy who can stretch the floor on consistent basis it's going to yep. be a big challenge for him. And all these rumors about the head coach, when things go, I mean, all the players, they know 
what's going on, what's happening. They, they read the rumors, they kind of get affected by it a little bit. And when things go wrong, coach in this situation, surrounded by this kind of atmosphere, he might lose the trust and confidence from his player easier if things go wrong. You know, it's easier to find the scapegoat. So it might hurt them and if, if, if things go wrong. Mike James also declared that he, I mean, he was, he wanted to leave the team before the season. How that will go uh, throughout the entire season, throughout the entire marathon. These are the red flags that Monaco might face, but show me a team that doesn't have any red flags. Even our okay, number one so team. so now we're going to show you that. Even that, our that number team. one team in the power rank, rank <laughs> has some red flags. Uh, it has red flags on on every team, okay, guys. Okay, red flags. <laughs> may, okay, maybe Gabi Deck is injured and he might be out for a while. And, and we're talking about the uh, top, what one of the best small forwards slash power yeah. forwards in the league right now. But honestly, um, I I can say that no one team should have all that power. It's like because <laughs> it's like, boring that we all the, have the number the same team number but one. They, but they, it's just they they got back Facundo Campasso and they are I know. Euroleague champions. That's, that's okay. Crazy. Last last year they became Euroleague champions by. Uh, a misunderstanding, some might say, uh, because of what <laughs> happened in their partisan series. In the end, they didn't even win the Spanish championship. But it's it's hard to even say how much better a player, a point guard like Campasso, makes this team with already so much quality in all the other positions. Hezonia, Musa, Yabusele, Dek, Tavares, Poli as your backup center. I mean, etc. And and still the, there are the veteran guys that, that, that you know that when the time comes, they will have their word as well. So, I mean, come on. It's just, it's just not fair to the rest of the league. Like, the only, let's say, a weaker link was the the point guard position throughout their last season and even that you know nigel williams goss was amazing in the second half of the season amazing in the playoffs like he gave that team what they needed defense and some shot making and they they did not need a lot of shot making because you know they had gabby deck they had yabuzela they had musa but he stepped up when musa was maybe struggling in the playoffs and now you add a guy who you know will fit well because he has already played in that team and he is the, the point guard, just as Darius Thompson is. He makes everyone around better, makes mm. their life easier. If the, he is standing on the half-court line and, you know, there's a guy under the basket and his defender has his back to Campazzo, there's going to be a bullet pass that you don't expect yeah. from any other guy in the EuroLeague. And that's a layup for Zonia, that's a layup for yeah. Deck. And it's like, okay, how can you not rank number one? And it, you it also, doesn't mean they will win, but... You also don't even have any concerns about... Campasso uh, being back from the NBA where he sat on a bench because yeah. he already played for Zvezda and you already saw that it's the same old Campasso, same good old Campasso, mm. sorry, he's not old, <laughs> same <laughs> good old Campasso uh, that you had before he, he signed with the Denver Nuggets. Yep. And he was playing in Denver, like not consistent minutes, but he yeah, was Yeah, he, he wasn't completely on left, the bench left out, but, sitting. but so. he was not a... Uh, player with a big role like on paper there is no i, th I don't think anyone can have arguments yeah, why in a power ranking true. you could rank your team let's say you're a fan mm. of olympia cost or you're a fan of panetone cost i don't think you can win in an argument battle of why your team looks better on the paper like court will might show otherwise mm. many things will happen injuries yeah 
conflicts in the locker room, you name it, you know, health problems, whatever. But before the season, in a power ranking, it's super hard not to rank. And also, Chus Mateo is now a EuroLeague champion, so he doesn't really have anything to prove anymore. Like last season, when during their season there were there were talks about mm. Scariolo becoming the next uh, coach of Real Madrid. Now he's a EuroLeague champion, so you kind of have the confidence in him. Okay, so now finally we can say that he's the right man to. Hmm. to replace Pablo Lasso and to have this continuity in in Madrid so yeah I think I think honestly if I did predictions not power rankings I would also easily predict them to win the regular season absolutely but in EuroLeague I never go further than that <laughs> I can predict the regular season I can try and after that anything's possible I agree What's interesting, you mentioned those uh, EuroLeague title predictions. One-fourth of the GMs that completed the survey so far consider Real Madrid as the top favorites to win the EuroLeague. But the second one, which actually matched them by the votes, is quite surprising. 25% for Real Madrid and? There's only there's one other team. Who, who, who do you think um, matched Madrid by votes? Olympiacos? Yeah, Olympiacos. I'm quite surprised, to be honest. I didn't think that after these losses, they still consider Olympiacos that high, but hmm. but yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Okay, I, I have nothing to add about Madrid. I mean, oh, wait, wait. We were waiting for red flags five for Real star Madrid for you. Starting five, five star <laughs> dev. There's a 16 year old player yesterday. A 16 year old player is just scoring. 10 points versus Barcelona. I don't remember the exact stats, but... The only strange yeah. thing is that every year they bring this 16, 18-year-old kid who makes a difference, but when he turns 20 or something, he's gone. <laughs> he's not playing for the main well, team. Well, it's always going to be like that. that because that's the machine of the Real Madrid. They just have too much star power. They can buy too many good and, you know, win-ready players. I mean... Instead of waiting for some of their one, prospects to One way or another, you're not going to have the guy because if he is really that good, he's going to get drafted and he will be in the NBA like Usman Garuba, for example. And if you're Luka Doncic type of talent, age doesn't matter. You're already better than I'm most of the players. I'm talking more about the players like Juan Munoz, uh, for instance. Not these that they're like for sure NBA material, but okay. still good enough, but still not good enough to make this roster because it's stacked. I'm not going to expand on, on my red flag too much. I'm just going to say that <laughs> it's not a perfect... Per, things are not that perfect as it might look behind the scenes and off the court. And I know for sure that some of the proven players of that team were really surprised that they managed to win mm, the EuroLeague last year because they didn't feel they they, they deserve it. Because well, of nobody the, felt... The, not just because <laughs> of the partisan series. Not, not about that. Okay. Of course, it was one of the uh, reasons, but there were just a lot of imperfect things that happened throughout that year. And, you know, winning heals. Uh, winning can change a lot of things. Uh, winning teaches you patience on things that you don't like. But still, this is, you know, at least one concern that this team might have entering the season. Other than that, I don't see any other concerns. It just makes a perfect team to win the EuroLeague. And... Uh, I mentioned the GM survey. They they have the MVP material in Eddie Tavares. A lot of players, a lot of GMs see him as the top candidate to, to win the MVP award. What's interesting that 
most of the GMs think that he is the first guy to leave the EuroLeague for the NBA among the pool of the players that I we thought have it, in the EuroLeague. I it, it might happen actually this summer. Yeah, Portland showed a real serious interest, but the thing is that he has this crazy buyout. It's mm. even higher than Campasso had, and we're talking about more than 6 million euros uh, to leave Madrid, but he's on an expiring contract, and it's also an interesting thing, you know, how these negotiations negotiations will, will go, how it will affect Eddie, although I have no concerns about Eddie's, you know, dedication. He showed his dedication to the team, praising Chus Mateo so much, uh, Chus Mateo so much after the mm. press conference, winning the EuroLeague title, so. And actually playing with Campasso will give him a, a more easy dunks and, and, and layoffs. Yeah, yeah. Because it will make him more last, happy. Last year when sometimes, for the past two seasons, ever since Campasso left basically, uh, and th when they lacked creativity, Tavares had to do some stuff he normally doesn't do like playing with his back to the basket or, or shooting some mid-range shots. Now with Campasso back, it's just dunks and layups and, and, and points in the paint. Yeah. We finished. We finished. We have five teams. Uh, I kept track of all our choices. We have five teams that had okay. at least three place uh, difference in mm -hmm. our rankings. So the five teams that we were had kind of biggest discussions were Barcelona, uh, Panathinaikos, Milano, Olympiakos, and Maccabi. So at least three place difference in, in these choices. So you are very welcome to write down in the comments down below what you think about our choices especially about these five teams, but also other choices. Maybe you think Zvezda should be much higher than 10th place or 11th that you guys ranked. Uh, Can you yeah. repeat the, uh, our first eight picks of each? Uh, first eight picks, Rites. Real, Maccabi, Monaco, Efes, Milano, Olympiakos, Partizan, and Fenerbahce. Donatas had Real, Monaco, Efes, Olympiakos, Maccabi, Partizan, Fenerbahce, Milano. And I had the Real, Monaco, Olympiakos, FS Maccabi, Panathinaikos, Milano, Partizan. Fair enough. More or less the same teams in the top yep. eight. Yeah, we're putting ourselves under the bus, but that's how it is. That's what it takes to do the podcast for the <laughs> EuroLeague fans. But it was a pleasure to have you yeah. guys in as, the studio. As long as I don't get any physical threats or, or, or I don't know, some mail to my, to my home. <laughs> Or bricks thrown at my windows. Or I'm video fine. footage of I'm, you I'm doing fine, some daily I'm stuff. I'm fine with social media uh, Shitstorm. comments, shitstorms, <laughs> and, and everything else. It's not an easy job to do. As some players regret or bonus podcast appearances because of the backlash they got. You to know, me, it's a, pretty, it's, it's a pretty easy job. It's like an easiest job I ever had <laughs> in my life. Like You just need to sit down and talk basketball. Like It, it definitely is the easiest job I had in it's my not life. Not so hard. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's a pleasure to uh, to have you guys here in the studio. It's been our first podcast together after the World Cup, right? Yep. And for sure, we'll do a more podcasts in the following weeks. This week, we'll have the Q&A podcast, and the entire episode is exclusively available only for BN Plus members. You can join BN Plus community on basketnews.com slash plus to get a lot of extra features, including uh, a lot of articles that we have under paywall. Uh, extra Q&A episodes, Augusta's video breakdowns. We have a great WhatsApp uh, chat uh, with great basketball discussions. A lot of a lot of good things, and we have some great offers right now. So, join BN Plus community on basketnews.com/plus. And yeah, we're waiting for your power rankings as well in the comment section. And have a great season.
it has to be a very exciting season. So best of luck to everybody.